A Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Welcome to Tricky Kid Radio, where the past and the future meet the present for a fun mix of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, hosted by filmmaker and DJ Roy Turner. Thank you for joining us as we welcome special guests from every corner of pop culture and great music across every genre. Now, here's your host, Roy Turner. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio, the very first episode of 2022. Happy New Year. I'm your host, as always, Roy Turner. Got a special episode for you because we're going to be recapping. I know it's kind of typically when you do the the recaps, it usually happens before um, the year ends because, you know, it's a new year. I'm, I'm not really interested <laughs> in talking about the previous year, no matter how good or bad uh, it, it may have been. I'm, I'm now interested in the future. I'm much more reflective before the, sh- the clock strikes midnight on December 31st. But after that, I'm ready to move on. So uh, so normally I do it then. But uh, what, at the same time, how do you include and talk about your plans on New Year's Eve if you do that? So I wanted to do that. And, I, and also because of scheduling, we chose to do it now. So Again, we're going to kick off the year right, so we're going to not only have some reflections on 2021, but uh, look at this as a way to look ahead to to this year in 2022 and a lot of great things coming up. We have a lot of great content coming your way across all five of our shows. I hope you're subscribing to all five of them across the Tricky Kid Media Podcast Network. Of course, you're currently listening to Tricky Kid Radio, and we appreciate all of our new listeners that, that have joined us in 2021. We hope that you all will join us, and more of you will join us in 2022. Uh, let's see here, uh, and I want to talk about some things that have already happened uh, this year. It's only it's only uh, five days into the year, and some pretty cool things have happened. Um, but of course, then we have our this is wrestling. So for you wrestling fans, we've also been covering some other. Uh, sports entertainment stuff, so we are not limited to just wrestling, so I may end up having to change the name of that show. Um, of course, we have our Prince the Encore, we're talking a lot about that, uh, and then we have our After Dark, Tricky Kid After Radio, Tricky Kid Radio After Dark, more of an adult nature, kind of more of an adult theme kind of deal, and then of course, we have my alter ego, DJ Tricky Kid, in the mix, uh, with a couple of special mixes, especially one that, we, uh, that I just did, and I'd like to talk about as well, so... Uh, so I'm glad that you're with us again. I hope uh, we survived it. I know that uh, I'm not used to New Year's Eve being a thing where you're happy the year's over. Usually you're kind of sad and reflective and blah, blah, blah. But man, the last two have been have been pretty challenging. So anyway, but I want to bring you some good tidings of great cheer and joy and hopeful and we can talk resolutions and the whole bit. So strap in and let's get ready. Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran. You might know me from such iconic classic films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Vulgar. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio. Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Most people know me as Veronica from Clerks. 
It ain't 37. Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Hey, everybody. This is actor-musician Scott Schiaffo, best known from the Kevin Smith films Clerks and Vulgar. You are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. So I mentioned before that I'm actually, I will go in order uh, to recap the year, except I am going to start with December and then we'll go to, to January because I didn't want people to have to wait till the end to hear this and tell you what are, what we ended up doing on New Year's Eve that will also kind of shape a few of the other things we're going to be talking about. So one uh, is that originally we were going to uh, go to Las Vegas to see David Lee Roth from the mighty Van Halen. The loyal listeners of the show know that he was my very first concert way back in 1986 on the legendary Eatem and Smile Tour, which I had the pleasure of speaking with Greg Bissonette and Steve I, who were part of that legendary band individually. Uh, a couple of years ago. Hope you'll find those episodes in our archives. It's called My First Concert. And uh, so we were going to do that. And man, those tickets were looking a little crazy. But again, thanks to Greg and a few other people, we were going to be able to make it. And I really wanted to see the Go-Go's who were playing on January 1st. But since these were Dave's last shows, and you know, I think the Go-Go's announced that are reunion there it was going to be their last shows like 10 years ago and they're still rocking so you never know about these things but it seemed like with dave it seemed like it was going to be kind of the end and i just couldn't imagine not being there you know um he's obviously a massive van halen fan and you guys are going to want to stick around because we are going to be doing a tribute finally to eddie van halen in a couple of weeks on this show so you don't want to miss that lots and lots of great special guests going to be going to be part of that well anyway so uh Dave canceled. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the COVID thing struck and hit a few people in his band. And and we were thinking it might not be a really good idea to travel anyway, because all that stuff out there is surging. And this is going to be the only real mention I'm going to make about the, epi- the pandemic, because this is supposed to be kind of a pandemic-free space where you can go somewhere and not have to think about it and talk about it and hear other people's opinions about it and all that nonsense. It's important to be informed, but it's just, God, it's, it seems like that's all anybody wants to talk about. It's all you hear about. So I want this to be a break from that. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things like on paper, it sounds like it might be kind of lame, but it ended up being insanely fun and insanely cool. And I've always been that kind of guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're supposed to be into Radiohead, man, because they're brilliant, you know, but guess what? The band Sugar Ray that people make fun of is way more fun. I'll take their album Floored over OK Computer every day of the week. And that makes me uncool and, and whatever. And that's totally fine with me. Okay. So I use that as an analogy because, okay, you can say on one hand, hey, man, what did you do for New Year's Eve? And I could say it kind of dismissively going, oh, man, we spinned it at at some retro arcade in a strip mall in Richardson, Texas. That sounds kind of lame. In reality, it was a blast. And and it's the reason why I wanted to mention it because some people that are responsible for that made that happen for us. And that's why I want to give them a shout out right here, right now. So since our plans got canceled, it was so last minute. And normally we go to, uh, last two years, we've gone and had a very, very special New New Year's Eve curated meal at this fantastic fine dining place in McKinney, Texas, just north of us here, um, called Rye. And shout out to those people for giving us two of the greatest meals my wife and I have ever had the last two years. We sorry, I'm sorry we missed you guys this year, but we didn't buy tickets in advance like you have to because we thought we were going to be in Vegas. So now we had to 
uh, scramble, and I was just kind of looking online, and of course, I love all things retro, as you know, we're going to get into that, and I hope you guys have already checked out our All Things 1981 and 91 series, the 30 years of that we did in 2021. That was a lot of work and a lot of fun, so I hope you guys have checked that out and are enjoying that. Um, so... Uh, I was like, I just, I landed on this thing that this, there was a place called, there's a, there's a series of chains of retro arcades uh, here called Free Play. And it's a pretty cool concept where they have all these, like the original machines, and but instead of having to, you know, buy quarters and, and, and everything else, not, not only the expense, but also it probably saves them the headache of having to, you know, deal with all, all that in quarters and, hey, this machine took my money and, be, you know, you don't have to eliminate all of that. Now, having said that, I will digress by one thing. Uh, listeners of the show know that I once collaborated with the Retro Arcade in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I'm not going to give those fuckers any publicity. So, um, but other than to say that I did, uh, reason why I did join originally was because I admired uh, the owner's vision. Uh, he had the idea that he wanted to be like, like literally like a time machine where you go to that brown change machine and put the money in and you know you hear that that sound man of those quarters dropping and I was I was feeling romantic about it too and it was kind of like under that spell and I and I still kind of am and I get it and not emulators but the original machines and dropping a quarter and all that and it's kind of like the idea of like I love to drop a needle on the record but I also love my iPod right okay well, it, it, people aren't, you can't put the, the tube back, or the, what's the analogy? You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? I mean, that that's cool, for, you know, but ultimately people, you know, you can be running around, this quarter machine, this machine took my quarter and that's all you're going to be doing. It's just kids, and they're probably, most of them are probably lying about it, you know, and having to count quarters and all this. Plus, they were also charging a flat rate on top of the quarters. That's kind of bullshit, right? Anyway. Fuck them. They ended up being complete shitheads, and I'm and I'm, I'm happy to have been done with them. Anyway, but these people were not, and that's also kind of kind of a cool thing. Uh, so free play. I want to give them a shout out. And again, you're not going to be able to compete with these people because they, because they're doing it right. Uh, they have one locations in Arlington, I think Denton, and uh, uh, in in Richardson, and maybe maybe other places, maybe even outside of, of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but those were the local locations, and I'd never, and I'd been to the one in Arlington, and it's fantastic, it's great, it's like a barcade, you know, where, you know, not only do you have all the retro games, but in, in good beer, you're not just going to walk up, it's kind of beer snobby too, which is right up my alley, so it's not, you know, Budweiser and Shiner Bach, you know, here in Texas, it's like the, like, it's like going to Total Wine and More with all the, the hot shit, cool, rare, high alcohol content uh, beers right there. And, and a lot of them weren't even on tap. And a lot of them they had special for that night only. So it was on, man. So we ended up having a meal. I want to give a shout out to, uh, I think it's a place, I think it's Anya, A-N-A-Y-A Seafood in Richardson, Texas. Had a great meal there. Then we went over to Free Play, but here's how it happened. We were all set to go, and I was going to buy tickets to get, to, to get in. It's like a flat rate. And, of course, it's going to be much higher than the normal, like, 10 or 15 bucks because you're going to get champagne and, and a big confetti explosion, and they're going to have, like, a you know some nerdy cereal bar with Eggos. You know, right up my alley, man. They even curated, like, a, a five-hour 1981 thing, and I was like, golly, we just kind of did something like that. 
kind of like 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 the audio version of that, you know, right here. So I was like, these this, this is some like-minded souls here. I'm 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 down with these folks. But as I was trying to buy the tickets, uh, it was sold out, and they were saying um, that you know Arlington had stuff, but Arlington. The whole point of this, we're trying not to go that far. We're trying not to go across town to Dallas, and we almost did. Shout out to my man A Track. He's a DJ I've known for a long time, and great guy. Very talented. They were having, again, this kind of cool, hot shit party in the Arts District uh, right there outside of AT&T uh, um, Performing Arts Center. And, you know, a big countdown with the ball drop and all that. And that's great stuff. Uh, but we were thinking, man, do we really want to go downtown and brave all this stuff? And then it starts raining. And, and that that's that solved that dilemma right there. Okay, but so what are we going to do? So that's how I landed on the arcade. So, but what now? But I was thinking, well, gosh, and I hate to, to act like I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe they'll let me in. I'm, you know, I'm on iHeartRadio and whatever. But hey, sometimes, you know, I do put a lot of work into this. I, I do have something to offer. So I went for it. And I, I messaged them and I called them. Ultimately, ended up emailing them. Uh, and, uh, and a nice scout named Kelsey uh, was forwarding my request to the marketing department. Uh, which uh, consists of of Corey, who I believe that she's related to since they share the same name. But they get on to uh, the main gal, which is Gail. And uh, and I think I left my phone number because we'd already had left to go to go to have dinner. And during dinner, Gail says, hey, we have 18 tickets left. Uh, come on down. But then I was worried, well, what if it sells out before we get there? Not thinking like it's only 730. The party doesn't start till nine o'clock. We're probably going to move some of the first people there. And she said, hey, you know what? I got you covered. So, hey, I just wanted to say, long way around it, Gail, Kelsey, um, Corey, and everybody that we met at uh, Free Play, Sarah, the bartender, Mike, I think it was the manager, there was another bearded gentleman who was, they were all so friendly and so welcoming and so cool and so kind, and we had the best time. Like I said, you could say, hey, Spent a nip, you know, David Lee Roth in Vegas versus a, a retro arcade in a strip mall in, in a town that people outside of Texas never heard of. F that. It was awesome. We got got there. We were treated like royalty. They were so kind to us. The manager made a point to come find us. I told him I was going to give them a big shout out on the radio, and here it is. Thank you to Free Play Richardson for giving us a great New Year's Eve. My wife and I, we played Dance Dance Revolution. They had Tapper and Burger Time. My Mount Rushmore of pinball with... Medieval Madness and Theater of Magic and the new Stranger Things one I haven't got to play yet. And um, they had Moonwalker and they gave everybody these confetti cannons. And it was just, you know, everything. Like if I, nothing against the A-Track event, but if we'd gone, we'd have been, you know, listening to techno music and kind of sitting around, hanging out and making, you know, adult conversations. Here, it's like a kid thing. It was like everything you would want on New Year's Eve. Confetti explosion, but also not like kid stuff. The selection of all this crazy-ass beer. It was small. It was intimate. And just the freaking blast. And I wanted to say thank you again to Free Play in Richardson. And I hope you guys had a great New Year's Eve. Let me know. Uh, what did you guys do? I want to hear some stories, man. I want to hear. Uh, look me up on uh, Twitter under Tricky Kid number two. I'm on Instagram under at DJ Tricky Kid. And, uh, hey, I'm also on this cool thing, this new thing called Clubhouse, but I think you have to have, it's kind of a, kind of an exclusive kind of deal. And I kind of wanted to talk about that, uh, right after this. Tricky Kid Radio is distributed by iHeartRadio and is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Play Store. 
Subscribe for free on the iHeartRadio app or on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to Tricky Kid TV on YouTube.com for a stunning visual look at all the fun we have here, plus exclusive content, short films, and more. Follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle, at TrickyKid2, type Tricky Kid Radio Podcast on Facebook, and DJ Tricky Kid on Instagram. Speaking of which, subscribe now to Roy Turner's alter ego DJ Tricky Kid's amazing Twitch channel at twitch.tv for retro gaming, exclusive DJ sets, as well as DJ instruction and live streaming of Tricky Kid Radio, where you, the audience, can participate and interact with our guests. Don't miss a single stream, so you can be up to date on the latest on all things Tricky Kid. Subscribe now at twitch.tv slash DJ Tricky Kid. And now, back with more Tricky Kid Radio. Once again, your host, Roy Turner. Okay, so like I mentioned, uh, you know, we're already off to a great start here uh, in 2022. Uh, not only did we survive, uh, the day after, we went to this, this really great brunch here in the... Uh, and the, the shops of Legacy, uh, there's a place called Legacy Hall we go to quite a bit. And next door is a place called Haywire. And we were treated so great there. I wanted to give a shout out to them. And our waitress was the coolest chick in the world. And she was she came like our best friend. And I, I'll be damned if I can't remember her name. And I can't believe that I, I forgot it so quickly because she was so kind and so cool. And we're going to be back there, if nothing else, just to say hello to our new friend. Um, anyway, okay. So then, uh, you know, I don't like to talk too much about or give away too much personal information, but uh, we have, my wife and I have a little girl named Danica. And as a filmmaker, I made a short film uh, about her, uh, which is a part of a project that I'll be doing every single year. I've, I've done one for Miles uh, the first two years of his life, and I've done one now. And so I'm, I plan to do at least 18 of these. So uh, if nothing else, because... You know, I grew up in an era where, and also poor, where I think from the year I was born in 74 until I, you know, until I think till like 2004, that's 30 years, I think there's nine pictures of me that exist. And not because I'm camera shy, because we, you know, you just didn't, you know, you didn't have this thing in your pocket that, you know, and when you did have a camera, you, you know, you only took very select pictures and then you threw the it in the drawer and then three years later you decide to get it developed because it's expensive it was expensive and an and arduous task and all that and so uh another reason why i really enjoyed doing those 80s uh documentation things i get to kind of revisit all that stuff and and really have and i'm really into documentation and organization and order you could call me whatever uh ocd or whatever thing you want to apply to it but i don't give a shit i have a lot of fun and 1982 I think I peaked in 82 at age 8, uh, is my absolute favorite year. I cannot wait that now, because like I said, in 2020, we did 1980, 40 years. 2021, we did obviously 81. Now that it's 2022, we're going to be doing 1982, and I absolutely cannot wait. My favorite year ever. Uh, and I know I was only 8. I don't know how, I, I don't know how things peaked then, but uh, we've had some good times after, but... There's something about that, and I keep, I talk about that quite a bit. So I really hope you guys will tune in for that. That was going to be a really special one, um, probably also a very emotional one. If you want to hear me cry on the air, you'll tune into that one. Um, but anyway, uh, so uh, reason why I mentioned it was because I just happened to 
uh, say happy birthday to Danica McKellar. Our daughter was, is named after, her name is Danica Simone, uh, named after uh, Danica McKellar, of course, from the Wonder Years, because I, want, I wanted uh, as an inspiration somebody to have the beauty and the brains, the, you know, the, the fierceness with the, decent, with the decency. Uh, and also, she's a big math nerd, and she's a total babe. And anyway, I I think she's I think she's the shit. So, and a great example, Simone being after Nina Simone. The uh, and I talk about this in the short film that I made. So anyway, whatever. I just happened to mention, you know, Danica McKellar. Hey, happy birthday! Who turned forty? Who turned forty-seven? Which is crazy to think that she's almost a year younger than I am, and still looks. Oh my god, that girl's gorgeous. Anyway, uh, but just the real deal, just so cool, and just there's no bullshit with her, and I, I love her for that too. So anyway, um, I, she sees it, and not only does she like retweet it, and then she responded, and and, and and talked to mention how honored she was when uh, that we had on we had named Danny after her, and she sees the short film, and and you know when I made it, I didn't think Danica McKellar was ever gonna see it, you know, and so it's so cool that we kicked this year off that. That uh, she did see it and she liked it enough, and she, to, you know, to reach out to us and and comment and and thank us and on her birthday. I mean, she's thanking us on her birthday. I mean, that that's that's the coolest, man. You know. Uh, and then I mentioned Clubhouse. Uh, I was part of something very very cool, and I had no idea what I was really getting into. So, but there's this new thing called Clubhouse. Um, It'll t- I I wouldn't be an expert on it to dis- on to describe how it works, but it's it is social media. But again, it's not entirely public. You do have to get an invitation to get access to it. And I do that on purpose because there's a lot of celebrities that inhabit that. And this is a way for celebrities to also participate in social media without just the normal sewer that that kind of becomes when they open themselves up to the public domain, right? And it's also, it's all audio. So you're, you know, it's kind of like like an old, so it's, it kind of tends to be older folks. It's kind of like one of those old school chat rooms or something, like one of those party lines, you know. But it, but it is curated and organized, so there's not a thousand people all talking at once and all that. And you have to be invited, to, you know, onto a virtual stage to speak and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but shout out to Clubhouse Quake, um, who are a Prince group. And I just mentioned, I said before, about... Uh, you know, obviously we do a monthly special uh, called Prince the Encore, and and through my work on that show and a few other, obviously of my purple uh, enthusiasms, uh, I have been been very fortunate to be a part of some some pretty neat things, and this was one of them. And so, shout out to Tanya Pendleton; she's a great journalist uh, and 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 a major player on the on the on the Prince purple scene. And uh, we've done a couple of things together before, and so she actually invited me to come be a judge. And I honestly didn't know what what I was doing or to be a judge, but one of my resolutions was to get involved with this clubhouse thing, and uh, and here was the opportunity. Uh, so, come to find out, what they were doing was was that it was going to be like kind of like a like a red carpet, purple carpet, if you will, kind of event, because these this group, this clubhouse quake, full of of these. Prince scholars and actually people who actually even knew him and worked with him and are part of the inner circle and some I'm not going to name drop here but some some names people that you know I'm not going to give away uh, their privacy here but like people like you know um, golly like Dave Chappelle and 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 Matt Fink uh, who was coach Dr Fink and all that so so a pretty cool deal because. Uh, now Chappelle and Fink weren't part of the production, but just, but they they have been a part of 
participated in these these um, group chats and things on Clubhouse. But what the deal was was that they were using the the, the platform, the format, to actually put on an audio only production of Purple Rain. And we're talking like the whole bit. I mean, not just some like improv thing where like they rehearsed and had like a, an amazing sound engineer. Give it up for my man, uh, Louis Rapport, who, you know, I'm talking like had to go through every second of that film to, you know, for, to trigger every sound. Okay. And then they had to cast you know, the kid and Morris Day and the whole cast to do every line from the film. Then, if you guys know Purple Rain, the first eight minutes of the film has no dialogue. So they brought on this guy named Addy, who is to to narrate it. And oh my gosh, Uh, it's crazy. I even told her this. And she won one of the awards, by the way, in fact, for, for Best Voice. Uh, and it was my honor to present it to her uh, because, uh, I don't know, you know, hey, like, like like when you go see, like, I don't know, like a, like a cover band or something, it's like you go see a Van Halen cover band because you like Van Halen, but it's not going to add to your Van Halen experience. It's just going to be something you enjoy. So that's kind of what I thought going into this. This is going to be cool, but it's like kind of going to see like a cover band. It didn't, man. It was it added to my experience. It actually gave me something more, like like uh like a you know people how much people love those uh, those reissues because there's like oh by the way there were three songs they didn't they didn't put on Master of Puppets and you can hear them now finally after because you're getting more out of something that you love and enjoy so much and i've seen that movie a a couple hundred times easily in the last 30 plus years and recently and i just felt like through addy's um narration i mean the whole cast was great but i really feel like that because of addy's way the way first of all she sounded like a female barry white addy if you're listening you have a future if the times get lean and you have the means you have a future in uh, erotic literature audiobooks because <laughs> that shit was hot and you're awesome and uh anyway uh so uh but you know what i'm saying like the way that she wrote because they had to write narration they're not they're not just going just from a from a the original script and i felt like i understood things a little bit differently and appreciated different aspects of it a little bit differently so the whole thing was freaking cool as hell if you do have clubhouse if you don't have access to Clubhouse, try to get it. And if you do, please check out Clubhouse Quake. Uh, it's a great group of people, and you might see a few people you recognize, uh, including yours truly. Okay, so, and again, and if you haven't uh, checked out our Prince the Encore uh, on iHeartRadio and, of course, all the other platforms, please do. We just, I just, the most recent uh, episode is a series about the Welcome to America that literally I go through almost every single day of his life in 2010 and 2011 to really shape that era for you. So I hope you'll check it out. Part one is out now featuring a special guest from our Purple Avengers Collective, DJ UMB from the UK and Edgar Cruz from the Netherlands. So hope you'll check that out. Okay, so uh, stick around. We're going to jump right into it starting with January 2021, starting now. 
So again, I mentioned Prince and Prince the Encore. Well, we, we kicked off just like this year. We kicked off with a bunch of uh, Prince business and fun. Uh, 2021 uh, was no different and maybe where it all started. Uh, starting on January the 3rd, uh, I participated. And again, I mentioned just now Edgar Cruz and DJ UMB from the Purple Avengers Twitter threads. I hope you'll check that out. And I was... Uh, uh, grateful to be able to do in a large room with no light. Uh, we were kind of exploring some, a lot of the different, uh, eras of the, of, of the dream factory era and things. And, but, but this was for the sign of the Times super deluxe, uh, box set. And, uh, and so, and I've always have liked that tune and I hope you'll check that out. It's, you can find it, of course, my, my contribution on, my Twitter stream at uh, at Tricky Kitty number two, and speaking of the Sun of the Times uh, uh, deluxe uh, uh, box set, I did a live unboxing on uh, our Twitch stream, which I hope you'll check out under twitch.tv slash DJ Tricky Kid, and it's still up there if you want to check it out as well as on our YouTube channel, which of course is Tricky Kid TV. That took place on January the sixth, and I know that January sixth will be. Uh, again, this is a politically free area. I won't even mention or talk about it. You know what I'm talking about. So, unfortunately, something uh, else happened on that day. So, while that bullshit was going on, I was cracking open my brand new Son of the Time Super Deluxe box set that Santa had brought me just a few weeks prior. Uh, and the only other political thing that I'll say about that was January 20th. Thank goodness we had a new president uh, in Joe Biden. Um Let's go Biden, I should say. Um, okay, but uh, it was also uh, kind of, kind of, kind of a rough, rough, rocky start to what I mentioned earlier uh, to a, to a, to a challenging year uh, in the world of baseball, especially uh, one of my biggest passions in the world. We lost two of the most beloved uh, people the game has ever seen, maybe maybe has ever seen in not only a course. Uh, with Tommy Lasorda, the the lovable beloved manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers, but in my opinion, maybe the greatest player of all time uh, on and off the field, and being the legendary Hammer and Hank Aaron. Uh, rest in peace to both of those gentlemen and all the memories. Like I said, they were a little bit before my time in terms of their player years, but they have filled my life with so much cheer and joy and inspiration. And and uh, Hank broke the Babe's uh, record just a few weeks after I was born in 1974, so I always kind of felt kindred with with him and and, and that as well, and um, and also Sylvain Sylvain from the New York Dolls. Man, one of my favorite first memories with the, when I moved to New York was going to see they hadn't put out a record in like 35 years. The record was called uh, "One Day It Will Please Us to Remember Even This." <laughs> And uh, a legendary night for me. And uh, rest in peace to Sylvain Sylvain and, 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 and all my love to his family and friends. And speaking of which, also, we were honoring. Uh, it had been the one year uh, anniversary uh, since we had lost perhaps one of, if not the one of the biggest inspirations in, in my life in being uh, Rush's Neil Peart. The reason why I wanted to be a drummer, I've been a Rush fan my whole life. And I'm very pleased that we were we put together a three-part um, video trilogy with some great guests. My friend Charlie Benante from Anthrax, Brian Slagle, of course, from from Legendary Metal Blade Records, uh, and many many others uh, for you to uh, to check out there. My buddy Ray Lugier from Corn, 
and just a, a ton. Uh, so uh, check that out again on our YouTube channel on Tricky Kid TV. And again, uh, got, uh, rest in peace to the professor. You know what's kind of cool though? Uh, speaking of 2022, I saw it today that Stern Pinball. Uh, I can't, and I hope it's coming up. One of the largest pinball festivals in the world is right here in Frisco with the Texas Pinball Festival. I hope you hope Stern's bringing the bringing the right. I know they already always have a big booth every year, and I saw the trailer for the new rut because they've been really kicking ass with all like the musical ones. Like they think they did, they did Metallica. I think they did uh, Legacy of the Beast for Iron Maiden. I think they did an ACDC one. And so, how cool, man! Uh, you know, I, there's a certain other three piece out there. I'm hoping to make a pinball machine about, but uh, you didn't hear it here because I wanted it to be a surprise. But anyway, I look forward to seeing and playing that rush. Uh, pinball machine and man if i can get my hands on on the le or the premium i might actually have to pull the trigger and buy one okay so that that took us through uh through january uh how about we play some music because something really really cool happened in january uh, in february actually on the 12th uh that finally after five long years one of my favorite favorite bands in the world uh, especially one of the, I, I, they're not a new band they've been around for over 10 years but to me it's like when I think of you know newer bands it's bands that have come out in the last 10 years not the bands that I've been listening to since I was you know 12 uh, I, I love telling this story I've told it before so I don't want to have to you know to, to bore you with it again but uh, the gal there's a guy named Taylor Momsen she was a, a you know a child actress you know her of course is Cindy Lou Who from the um, the Grinch and all that and and me and my sister uh, used to watch Gossip Girl and she was on that and I was on tour with like another band at the House of Blues here in Dallas and she, and then I heard like upstairs in the smaller room that you know little Jay from Gossip Girl has her own little rock band and they're playing and I was like oh really I, I gotta go check it out and I poked my head in and not only uh, was you know this incredibly striking presence in in her as is a young I mean she was like 17 or 18 and but it kicked so much ass I ended up staying for the whole show and I have been a massive fan since I have all the records and they were having they had some some issues of course you know with the pandemic and I think that their studio got flooded through um Hurricane Sandy they had Debts in the in in their in their camp. I mean, just had been th through it all, unfortunately, and they finally dropped their record uh, called "Death by Rock and Roll," and it is if you check out our top uh, albums list uh, for 2021, it tops the list right there. Uh, so check this out. I'm going to play you a single from it called "Only Love Can Save Me Now." Uh, which features uh, Kim Thale and, and and Matt Cameron from Soundgarden. She was, of course, famously a, a massive Soundgarden and, and Chris Cornell fan uh, and got given live out her dreams of going on tour as the opening act. And unfortunately, they were the opening act the night that uh, that he passed away at his last show. And so she is, she is one of the most... Uh, outspoken uh, fans of the band uh, while he was alive and, and certainly, of course, after. And she participated in this great uh, uh, memorial they had uh, with him. The Melvins were actually were at, too. Anyway, they're back. And again, and Little Jay, uh, all these years later, has grown up to be one of the most beautiful and powerfully sexy, singing, presence, rock, awesome 
things ever. Uh, the album cover is badass. She's like on this, I guess, like the grave, like death by rock and roll. And the idea of like bearing your soul. I mean, she's completely naked. The um, And just fearless in that. And she's never really shied away from that. I've always have admired that about her. She's even on like she has an album called Going to Hell. And she's, you know... Uh, bearing it all, her soul, her body, the whole bit. Um, and I've always just kind of liked that, just that badass, fearlessness, no bullshit type kind of thing. So anyway, so check this out, man. This is the, this is the, actually was the, the third single, uh, but it's my favorite track. This is Only Love Can Save Me Now by The Pretty Reckless. And we'll be right back.
Okay, and we're back. And again, like I said, I'm always staying busy with the Prince thing. And on February the 12th, I'm sorry, forgive me, on the very 1st of February, uh, I actually was a guest on a great Prince podcast called Press Rewind, where this great dude, host Chris, he uh, analyzes all the lyrics. uh, And he asked me to be a part of what is, if I had to pick out of those millions of songs, Life can be so nice, and so I had we had a very very spirited conversation. You can find that of course on our uh, on my Twitter stream as well. Check out Chris and his podcast called Press Rewind. It's really really cool, man. Okay, uh, heading into March, I got to celebrate something. Talk about you know I feel like there's like this like this retro thing happening right now where I get to do all of my favorite shit. I read Larry Hama uh, penned GI Joe comics. Uh, He-Man is coming back in a big way. I haven't checked out the Kevin Smith uh, animation one yet, but uh, I did just get that that cool, big, giant He-Man book that details and documents. Again, I'm in the documentation heavily. All the, the toy line. I got the G.I. Joe one last year, so this year I got the He-Man. I haven't dived into it yet, but I'm excited about it. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you're like, what year is it, man? You go to the toy store. I'm glad that this is happening while my kids are, are, are young and into toys. It would have sucked if this happened when they were like 25. But you go and it's Transformers and Care Bears and G.I. Joe. And it's just, it's so cool. Um, So anyway, I say that was because the day before my 47th birthday, uh, shout out to Danica McKellar. Um, finally, after all this time, the sequel, they made a sequel to Coming to America. And, you know, I'll say this. I know it did not get great reviews. In fact, I think it was universally panned. And I'm somebody who who, who possesses so much nostalgia for that film. Before it even came out, I still do the Arsenio Hall is Reverend Brown thing. My little boy does it. Lord, Lord. You know, I, I have... I've seen that movie so many times. It is in my DNA. Shout out to my friend Steve Ainsworth. We watched that movie back when you're bored and living in a small town. We'd watch it back to back, front to back, like several times in a row. You know, well, I don't know what you come to do, but I came to praise his name. And uh, just, you know, I, I, I miss Eddie Murphy being like the big shit, raw, delirious, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America, you know, 48 Hours. Like, I mean, he was the man. So, and of course, obviously, Coming to America. So, you know, I didn't come here to preach you today. But you know, when I look at these contestants, I feel good. 
you got to hear my little boy do that. He's so amazing. Anyway, uh, so, uh, so I am somebody that is, I don't care how much it sucks. I'm just happy that there is a sequel to Coming to America. So we don't need to analyze it and say it should have just been a Saturday Night Live skit that lasted, you know, four minutes, which basically it probably should have. And I love that they were trying to kind of update it and kind of give you a little bit of the, of the old, a little bit of the new, that kind of deal. But, um, and here's the thing, like anybody that grew up with it, I wanted it to be great and it's not great. And I, and I'm not going to make it force it to be great, but it was enough. And I, I really enjoyed, uh, my birthday this year, um, I'm kind of a giver, so all too often when my birthday rolls around, I plan something. And instead of enjoying it, I'm like feeding other people or, or or hosting a party that I'm cooking at, and everybody gets to enjoy and sit. And I was like, you know what? Bullshit. This year, and my wife took me out for a really great dinner, and then uh, um, and then we came back and 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 watched because it, because it, it debuted on the fourth or the fifth. My birthday is the fifth. Um, and I enjoyed it. Now, it's not something I'm going to watch a hundred times again like I did Coming to America. There's not a lot of things I watch more than once uh, anymore just because there's just so much to watch. And I don't have that childish uh, thing where you can watch movies over and over again. But ultimately, I thought it was great. The soundtrack is fantastic. It, it actually made our top albums list. I hope you'll check out our playlist uh, on Spotify for our, our top tracks of 2021. Just uh, go to Tricky Kid Radio and or type in my name on Spotify and it'll come up and great list of songs there. Uh, and you know, when I finished up with March, uh, kind of cool is I actually, I, I met uh, Jose Canseco. I uh, talk about somebody from my childhood. I can remember Again, shout out to my buddy Steve Ainsworth. We uh, grew up, you know, together. And in the late 80s, man, the Bash Brothers, uh, him and Mark McGuire. Now, of course, they both went on to to kind of have bad reputations. And overall, I think Jose Canseco was probably a a self-absorbed megalomaniac dickhead. Uh, But uh, on this day, uh, it was I was... 13 again and I was getting to meet this legend and talking he was actually was pretty cool in the moment it's at a thing called the Dallas card show it's actually in Allen Texas which is actually right up the road here from us and the next one's coming up is actually going to be January 13th uh, through the 16th. It's at the Marriott at Waters Creek Convention Center in Allen. I've been a couple of times and have taken our little boy, and it's such a great thing. It's just like, if you're into that, it is it is totally old school, man. It's the old thing with the big convention center floor with all the vendors and card tables, and it's such a great time, and they always have a lot of great guests. And like I said, like, Jose, like big names like Jose Canseco, and the one coming up has my man Wade Boggs, so I can't wait to hopefully i'll have a chance to chat chat with wade and and i think he and i actually might engage in a little uh, pre-conversation maybe over zoom so please stay tuned for that but very very excited for that moving into april uh i did something pretty cool and pretty actually kind of kind of unique and maybe out of out of that character but maybe you know somebody may not expect but i um let me be clear i absolutely uh do not uh i'm on the same page politically um, with Hank Williams Jr. But I have always have enjoyed his music and his kind of cool attitude. He was friends with the guys in Van Halen. Who doesn't love family tradition? And and when I was doing the 1981 uh, trilogy thing I was talking to you about for the show, 
uh, I came across an album he came out. He actually came out with two albums that year. And one of them, of course, features A Country Boy Can Survive, which is kind of a corny song, but it's also something that I really enjoy. I mean, there's it's braggadocio and it's kind of toxically masculine. But on the other hand, it's very Southern prideful and there's something about it that I've always have enjoyed. And, and so uh, in the spirit of it being 40 years of 1981, Billy Bob's Texas was celebrating their 40 years. And I'm not sure how much I talked about that that episode. That one might have got by me. So when I saw a chance to see Hank Williams Jr. at Billy Bob's as part of their 40th anniversary, I think he played several nights there, um, and I got an invitation to go, uh, I jumped at the chance, and I'm glad that I went. I had a really good time. I really enjoyed the show. Um, I think he's tired of singing those two songs to which he, he seemed a bit ornery. Like, I mean, he seemed like a, he's in his seventies and he seemed kind of a irritable kind of guy, to be honest with you. He wasn't exactly the most uh, friendly guy. Uh, but he, um, kind of did a more of a muted, uh, abbreviated version of those two songs, but overall, and everybody was just so great. was just so happy to see him. It was great to be part of that energy. And you're just seeing a living legend right there, and it was great to be able to just enjoy the music and forget about the politics. But I, um, but I would be remiss. I wanted to mention because the show was about what happened in 2021 and what to look forward to in 2022. Is I must have picked a great night because the night that I went, uh, he brought out several people. One being Miranda Lambert, and the other being Kid Rock. Somebody else that, of course, I'm not politically uh, eye to eye with who I kind of also kind of see as kind of clownish and kind of cartoonish. But but I got to be honest with you, at the same time, uh, some of his songs, when they come on the radio, I do turn up. Namely, the um, he kind of he's kind of like a cover artist. You know what I mean? I know he has his own music. I'm not trying to be dismissive. But, you know, but a lot of his hits are him basically rapping or singing over somebody else's song. Like, you know, he has the song called American Badass, which obviously is Metallica's um, Sad But True. And he has a song that's uh, basically Sweet Home Alabama called All Summer Long. And uh, not the most original song in the world, but those lyrics, every time I hear them, really touch me. And they really, they're very specific. And they they, they specifically take him back to a place. And, and via that, it takes me to a place that I enjoy. And for that, I'm grateful. And uh, you know what? I've never seen him live, but I, 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 I thought that was kind of cool. And... He came, actually came to Billy Bob's uh, last August. I wasn't there for like two huge nights. And he's coming back. Uh, I guess they were so successful. And, you know, I mean, he could play these big arenas. But, you know, he's really dialed into wanting to really be part of that thing. Like, you know, he comes from Detroit and he's kind of on the rap scene. But there's this side of him. It's almost become the dominant side of him where he really wants to be down with Bob Seger and Leonard Skinner and um and Hank Williams Jr. and and that kind of that kind of culture and I and I think I think he has become even more successful as is is a as a country artist or or in that world that you know cuz you know it's one of those things where it's like a crossover deal where you know if those guys could name one rapper or anybody that's associated with with rap it would it would be Kid Rock so anyway so he has two more big shows coming up uh, just around the corner of uh, January 14th and 15th at Billy Bob's. It will set you back a little bit. Uh, pit tickets are like, I mean, face value are like 300 bucks. And even just to get in there, usually you can just get like some little $15, $20 general admission ticket just to kind of walk around. 
And on that night, it's going to be 125. But uh, you know what? I might try to try to check this out. Uh, Billy Bob's. I I know your your publicity team. If you guys want to send me an invite, I, I I'd like to maybe come out on the 14th there. Um, so check that out. And Kid Rock, of course, has also been uh, a part of professional wrestling. He's performed at several of the big major events. And boy, April was a big, big, busy month for me and uh, my endeavors, who also had something to do uh, with wrestling. So, uh, of course, loyal listeners know that I am have been forever. I'm, in, I'm now in, like, what is it, year four starting now of... in. A, a, a project that has been trapped in developmental hell thanks to uh, the pandemic and, and many other different just insanities. Uh, I'm trying to make this documentary, docu-series, whatever it's going to become about the legendary band from Houston, King's X, that has taken me all over the country and actually going to take me to Europe this year. And uh, so I was down there to meet up with a legendary Johnny Zazula, Johnny Z, the man who created Megaforce Records that's responsible for uh, discovering and signing Metallica and Anthrax and, and, and just a, basically the inventor or the, the purveyor, the person responsible for helping and creating, giving a, a platform for this great metal movement we all love called Thrash, which if you were in my office right now, it's basically a a museum of, of thrash metal artifacts and, and, and fun. So getting to go to, to Johnny's house, we, he and I have been trying to do this for forever, for almost two years, and really wanted to speak with him and his wife, Marsha, because he didn't do it alone. Him and, and John, Johnny and Marsha, and especially Marsha, was instrumental in signing King's X. And sadly, uh, we lost her last year, um, right before I was supposed to go down there. And I ended up having to cancel, uh, this was the Christmas before last, uh, because of the of the pandemic and things. And unfortunately, she passed soon after. So uh, rest in peace to Marcia Zazula. Uh, she's a beautiful person, a beautiful spirit. And uh, I'm, I'm remiss that we didn't get a chance to, to speak uh, in terms of the film. But I did get to speak with Johnny. We had a great day. Uh, Johnny's one of the most legendary people in the music industry and crazy as cat shit and love to have him. And actually an excerpt from that conversation outside of of King's X. We recorded an episode for this very show, which is our most recent episode. So I hope you've checked that out. He wrote a great book uh, called Heavy Tales about all that. He's led a crazy life, man. He's like the heavy metal Tony Soprano. And he, and he, he'll remind you of it too. He's very New York. He's very Bronx. And 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 he's kicking it in uh, outside of Orlando. And you walk in there, it's like a museum, man. It's like it's just insane. Check out that episode. I talk a, a lot about that. You walk in that original photograph that's on the back of Metallica's Kill 'Em All. It's just on just some like frame right there. And, like you walk in, it's just like golly, there's the fucking Mona Lisa right there. So anyway, I hope you go check out that episode. We, Johnny and I always have a great time. We have a lot of mutual respect for each other, and uh, we always have a good time. And, and much respect to him. And I'm looking forward for you guys to see his contribution to our King Sex project as soon as I can get this fucking thing done. And while I was there, I also uh, shout out to uh, my man Bobby Schneck. He works with Aerosmith, and he's down there in Clearwater. And I'm not going to give away too much uh, of his role. Uh, because it would kind of give away something I, I I want people to discover as they see it. But just I want to give a shout out to Bobby while I was mentioning it. But uh, what brought me down there that paid for the whole trip was we were there to cover WWE's biggest event of the year and literally the biggest event in the wrestling world uh, each year, of course, is WrestleMania. And we were down there for WrestleMania 37. 
Uh, I will encourage you now, of course, to check out, like I said, we have five podcasts as part of the podcast network. I've mentioned the Prince one and, of course, this show. Check out TKR Wrestling. That's Tricky Kid Radio Wrestling. It's actually called This Is Wrestling. On Twitter, we're under TKR Wrestling, just for Tricky Kid Radio Wrestling. But if you go to iHeartRadio, of course, uh, that's where it is exclusively the first day. It's everywhere else the day after on Spotify and anywhere else you get your your, your podcast. And we've had a great time, man. I'm going to get to some more of that later, but we've had a lot of fun this year uh, with that. And and again, you know, we we covered WrestleMania, and there's a great episode about that. I hope you'll check out where I talk more about it. So I don't want to repeat anything, but as you know, it was a crazy time. A big hurt. It was in Tampa, Florida. A big hurricane swept through there, but uh, I, I got to um, I got I got to do it, man. I got to be right there, and I've never been ringside before. It was a two night event, and normally when I did WrestleMania here in Dallas, uh, uh, golly, now now six years ago. Uh, I was very fortunate to be up in a in a suite and catered meals and open bar and all the great thing. This was not that, uh, but I'm grateful just the same. And like I said, but 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 that one I was in a suite. This one I actually got to be ringside on night two. So that was a, that was a cool deal and a, a very historic moment. So I hope you'll check that out. And again, and the same theme about things that are happen and things that are coming. Well, WrestleMania is coming back to Dallas. And once again, for two big nights on April 2nd and 3rd at the AT&T Stadium, where it was for WrestleMania uh, 32, uh, six years ago. That was six years ago. Um, and so they're going to come in. It takes over the whole week, you know, with different events like their Fan Festival Access and bookended with uh, their, their TV show SmackDown and Raw and a Hall of Fame ceremony. And they ended up doing two nights because of the pandemic. Um, where nobody was in attendance uh, for WrestleMania 36. And so I, it kind of just kind of, I guess it kind of taught them how to do it. You know what I mean? And, um, but again, it kind of taught them how to do it because then they were like, okay, so we go to Tampa. It's like, we, we, we sort of doing some nine hour show. It's kind of like us at Christmas. It's like, you know, we, we, we suffer from a good problem called, you know, gift fatigue. It's just like, I have a big family. So like seven hours in, we're like, uh, no more. Uh, so I remember being at WrestleMania 35 in New York, and the main event didn't start till after midnight, and I got there like 4:30. So it, it, it it's the right thing to do. It's just it's become so big. Make it two nights. I don't know how they're gonna fit in a. Um, I guess they'll do the Hall of Fame, or maybe NXT isn't gonna be a part of it. I, I've been hearing some things about that. Uh, again, I'm gonna save the wrestling talk for the for a wrestling program, but but yeah. Uh, WrestleMania returns to Dallas April 2nd and 3rd, and we will be there. So make sure you're subscribing to our show for all the coverage. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that April 23rd, it was our little girl's first birthday. Danica had her first birthday, and I made a short film uh, about documenting how she came into our lives uh, that you can see actually on our YouTube channel. Uh, a Tricky Kid TV. I hope you'll check that out. I put a lot of heart and soul and a lot of work into that. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, we named her after Danica McKellar, who just over this past week, a couple days ago, as I was wishing Danica McKellar happy birthday, some, uh, we got to t- uh, had a little fun exchange. She actually sees the short film and responds and tells me that she was honored that we named her uh, our, our Danica after her. So what a neat thing to be able to, you know, I never thought Danica McKellar would actually would see the film. So that's, that's a, that's a big deal. We're all, we're off to a good start here 
in 2022. So I hope you'll check that out. And, and again, once again, happy birthday to Danica McKellar. All right. So heading into May, uh, some pretty cool things went down. Uh, some pretty uh, historic things for, for our family went down. Um, we started on May the 5th, uh, an annual uh, Great Mother's Day thing that we do out right out here in Grapevine. My mother lives in Grapevine now. We, we would go even before she lived there, but there's this great historical area called Nash Farm. And it's it's a uh, real, it's, it's like an actual place that is still in the 1800s. Everything is in place, the house, everything. So because of that, they do once a year this, a, a baseball game from the 1860s. And they play by 1860s rules and they dress up in the same way. It's just endlessly fascinating and a lot of fun. Great for the whole family. And it's like a donation. It's like you pay five bucks and they give you lemonade and popcorn. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we've been a couple of times and being able to take my, my children this year. And footage of that was also part, like I mentioned earlier, about how I do a, a yearly video that documents the year's events in my children's lives. And there's a, a great portion from that day in this year's video for Miles' birthday. Um, and speaking of the children, we went on something pretty uh, amazing, pretty historic, uh, and also insanely fucking stressful. But uh, let me, a lot to unpack here, but let me just try to get you through it a little bit here. Okay, one. The previous Christmas, I had gotten my wife, you might have seen this thing called the mirror, like it's like a workout thing. And it was insanely expensive, uh, but totally awesome. And it's a way for, you know, Jocelyn and I to be able to stay in shape during this uh, pandemic and all that. And she'd wanted it. And you also have to drop like 40, 50 bucks a month on this app to, to, to keep it rocking. Otherwise, it's just a big fucking paperweight. Well, anyway, it, it was pretty apparent by June that it just wasn't working out. There, there wasn't motivation. There wasn't uh, accountability. The children were making it very difficult every time, you know, her and I, especially her, would try to attempt to do a workout. So a decision was made to sell it. And what was pretty cool is that this is where it's meant to be kind of shit because I, the person that purchased it, there was a short interest when I, when I posted online, uh, was in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I'm from. And without, I could spend an hour talking about this, but very briefly, uh, I returned to 2000, to, sorry, to Little Rock in 2019 after a 35 plus year absence. Uh, and not on purpose because uh, we were originally supposed to go to Iceland for our honeymoon and end up going camping. My wife loves to camp uh, up in the Ozarks. And I asked to drive through Little Rock on the way home and something spectacularly divine intervention-y, even though I'm not a spiritual person, uh, seemed to have taken place. And uh, I have talked about that before, and I'll talk about it more, and I'm also working on something to document that as well. So anyway, so I, I tell you that to let you know that I have committed myself to returning to Little Rock, specifically uh, the place, remember how I said earlier how I peaked at age 8 in 1982, where we lived there in this very special place in my, in my heart and soul and my mind, an apartment complex used to be called Grayback. Uh, and I've made it, it uh, an effort to return there every single year since then. And that was in 2019. What's crazy now that it's 2022, the amount of time that we lived there, it's like I feel like the first time I went there in 2019 was just two weeks ago. And now when I plan, to, of course, to again to return this year uh, from 2019 to 2022 will be the same amount of time when we actually lived there, which seemed like we lived there for a lifetime. Isn't that a special thing? Isn't that a magical thing? Whenever you're a kid, and those times that are just you can just you still dream about them, and they're in your they live in your heart, and you live in your mind and your soul, 
and in my mind, we, we, we lived there a lifetime. But in, in reality, it was just just under three years. Um, so anyway, so I, I always look for a reason uh, to go. Uh, you know, it, it usually kind of reveals itself. I don't usually plan it. Um, and to, to, uh, 2020, I went. I was in Chicago and uh, with, with Charlie from Anthrax, and I decided to drive home because I wanted to see Memphis. And then I went to Little Rock and booked a hotel for a week and literally visited every place that we used to live uh, as much as I could. Um, and then so now, 2021, I had, you know, you know, and so to please her as well, and we brought the kids, uh, we planned this really great camping trip around it right there in Rogers, Arkansas, just outside Hot Springs. And I spent a lot of time in Hot Springs. Here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, we had the most beautiful camping spot ever that was elevated right on the water. And there I am with my family and and, and, and their first camping trip. The fact that my children's, I'm going to cry right now saying this, but the fact that my children's first hotel stay was in Little Rock is unbelievable to me. There's just something about that is so incredibly special. The fact that my children played in the courtyard of Greyback. Because the first time in 2019, it was just me and Jocelyn on our honeymoon. 2020, I was alone. 2021, it was all four of us. And I almost, if not for the pandemic, I would have, uh, I was going to return uh, this December, uh, make it two trips into 2021, because while we were there, we ran, we met this kid named Ryan that used to live in the same uh, apartment my friend Joe Barry did, and he looked like Joe. It was like filled the dreams, which I'm about to get to as well. Uh, it was like a ghost coming out of the cornfield or something. It was just, it sounds like I'm making something out of nothing, but I, I'm, and I, I have video footage of this. And so for us to resume, to, to resume that and have like this, like kickball game with this kid that looked just like Joe, um, or, you know, like Shoeless Joe Jackson. No, uh, it was just some something magical happens every time, except when I went in 2020 by myself. I was only there for like 20 minutes and was kind of run off by the locals. Unfortunately, it's become a very dangerous area. And I know we're kind of taking chances being there, but we, we, we go during the day. And this time we had, there was really no threat or no problem, thankfully. And there was a, but anyway, uh, so, so let's, so we, we dropped off the mirror. The kids had the first hotel stay. And then uh, we would on, on this camping trip. But the stress of it was this, two things. One, uh, this is a little personal, but I have suffered so, from so much insomnia that I decided to experiment with uh, an Ambien prescription, which I deeply regret and recommend anybody out there that suffers from anxiety or any sort of mental health disorder or, or depression, whatever, stay the fuck away from it because this shit is kryptonite. And I thought it was because something about Little Rock was building, you know, was tapping into some crazy old demons and wounds and, and, and shit from the, all of my family. Maybe it did. Maybe it made me a little more sensitive. Uh, but uh, what I learned was was that I, I didn't realize you have to take Ambien every single day. That That's why it's so addictive. And I didn't want to take it every single day. And so I hadn't taken it. And because of it, I was like literally suffering from like delirium. I can't believe I'm telling you this on the air uh, on this camping trip. And it was just hellish. And I and I did my best to, to, to hold it together and keep it for my family and, and not run the trip and make it, you know, about me and, and all that. Second thing that was hell was that made, even if that hadn't happened, there was just this weird Twilight zone thing that kept happening. First of all, 
we couldn't seem to leave this Walmart. It was like we we thought we had everything, and we before we leave, oh, we forgot this, and we would go back in without leaving. And then, uh, I guess just the cadence of way that we we talk. There were locals that thought that we were, uh, you know, they were one part nosy but mostly helpful. People in Arkansas are the best people in the world, so they thought we were like I don't know in distress or fighting or whatever. Uh, then it's pouring down, raining, and then somehow we had. We had literally had packed. My, my wife doesn't go camping as much as we move to the camping site. We take everything we own or load it to, to the ceiling in the car. And the car literally fucking busted, man. It was like the back hatch opened and we didn't realize it, but a bag had fallen out that had like all the kids' clothes in it. And after we finally got to the camping site, I had to go the hour back to that. I mean, that just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And I had to go back to that same fucking Walmart. Uh, to get them something to wear in the pouring rain. And it, it was just, it was, on one hand, it was fucking misery. But I, I wish I could remember the name of the place because I promised this guy I would make a shout out on the air. And I think I did the week after. But we ended up, uh, because of the rain, we didn't have a tarp. We also couldn't cook the food that we had purchased. So uh, I ended up finding the one of these great little, you know, restaurants that is just some little, literally like a little hole in the wall in the middle of the woods. Uh, when we lived in Jacksonville, Arkansas, there used to be this great restaurant. It was just, all it was was an old double wide trailer, you know, two of them pushed together. And my mom and I would go there and those are some special, special moments, man. You could call it total white trash, poor Arkansas whatever but uh that's not that wasn't the experience the experience was special and i cherish it greatly but uh i did teach miles how to skip stones and i took my children fishing and, and part of that is also in that video and i hope you'll check it out on youtube uh under our youtube channel tricky kid tv under uh miles's third birthday i think that's what it's called on there um okay uh gosh it seems like uh there was there's so much in the month of May. Again, like I said, uh, once again, I did return back to Press Rewind, uh, the Prince podcast, uh, to talk about the song It, uh, to do an audio version uh, after I had um, uh, done, actually, an audio. it was part of the, the Prince Twitter thread um, originally, um, again, for the Son of the Time Super Deluxe box set. And I did an audio version because I interviewed Alan Johannes uh, about it because he was responsible for why uh, Josh Homme and Queen of the Stone Age for their Desert Sessions project had recorded a, a, a version of it. And he's just the greatest dude ever. So I hope that not only will you check out my contribution to Press Rewind, I hope you'll check out again Prince the Encore and check out the Son of the Time special featuring Alan Johannes. Uh, and then something major, but maybe not so major, giving you know, uh, her. But my mom finally retired on May 30th. She'd been an educator for over 25 years. Much love and respect to my mother for that. Uh, she always wanted to do it, and she returned to it at age in her 50s and saw it through and got her degree and, and did it. She found out it wasn't really the, the all it was cracked up to be, but she hung in there for over 20 years. And no matter where I am in the world, whenever I was heavily touring, I always made sure I was there at her house on the last day of school to greet her with this little tradition that we do where when she comes through the door, I've got Alice Cooper's schools out blaring to welcome the summer and a champagne bottle in hand. 
uh, and we always record like a little message to document that year's thing. I'm probably going to cry again. Uh, and then I take her out for a nice dinner. I've done that for over 20 years. And it's sad that it was bittersweet that, it, that it'll be the last time we do that in that capacity. But that just means now she has, uh, you know, so much more fun to look forward to. I'm really glad that she's at it because she was fucking miserable. And she moved to Grapevine, our favorite city in the freaking world here in Texas. It's like the Christmas capital of the world. But, um, you know, my mother is still very youthful, and she's already looking for online work and all this kind of crap. So I, I don't know if she'll ever actually fully retire. And I'm here. I'm trying to plan some retirement party and stuff, and I, and I still will. And I also have another uh, little documentary. Again, I'm in a documentation. And now that I've got the skill set and the equipment to do it, I'm, 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 I'm checking off a lot of things off that list. So anyway, so that's how we finished the spring uh, with my mom's retirement. And we got to have that final uh, cheers uh, there uh, to the Alice Cooper soundtrack. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back because as we launch into the summer uh, that was 2021. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with more Tricky Kid Radio. While we take a short break, let me assure you this isn't an ad you can afford to skip. Simply be entranced by my voice so you can hear from these great sponsors. Hey guys, while we take a break, I wanted to tell you something about my favorite venue in Texas uh, and maybe the world over. Uh, If you have never been to the Texan Theater in Greenville, which is... Uh, it's you know a little ways north uh, on your way to Oklahoma. Uh, it's a, I guess it's about an hour and a half maybe north of, of Dallas. Uh, it is the greatest venue in the world. The proprietor, owner, and just all around badass Barbara Haran p- puts on one of the most unique experiences you will ever have in your life. Uh, she approaches things from a very different business model that I think the whole world should embrace and we would all would be uh, better for it. It's just this amazing uh, experience where you get to see uh, one of your favorite artists up close in a gorgeous venue and dinner is included, uh, unlimited drinks are included. Um, You know, she treats her staff so well, they're not getting the whatever the $2 an hour and relying on tips things. She makes, she takes good care of them. Literally none of them have had to suffer. Uh, throughout the pandemic, thankfully, uh, Barb's just a great gal, a great person, uh, very creative, and just uh, just one of my favorite people. And so, if you're ever in Greenville or even near, anywhere near Dallas, make a point to visit the Texan Theater in and, and, uh, in Greenville. And as you know, we're working on our uh, uh, King's X film project. You know, as you know, I'm a filmmaker myself, and so we'll be should be talking about that maybe in the context of Tribeca soon. Uh, but we will be having the film along with a live performance uh, with King's X there at the Texas Theater uh, as soon as we can get this sucker done. So, so once again, Texan Theater in Greenville. Check it out. We're about to get, in, get into the summertime here now of 2021. Uh, and speaking again of our good friend Barb Horan there in, the, in Greenville at the, uh, the Texas Theater, this great place. We returned there uh, for the launch uh, for Tiffany. Of course, you remember Tiffany Darwish, who was this one by Tiffany, and you know we think you're alone. We think we're alone now, and all that. Uh, actually, the last time we were there, 
Tiffany came out with a fantastic record, actually one of our favorite records um, <clears throat> back in 2018. Uh, again, I lived her in the 80s, uh, but if you think you know uh, or everything you think you there is to know about Tiffany just being like that one-hit wonder in, in the 80s with that cover, uh, forget it, man. 2018, she came back large and in charge with an album called Pieces of Me. It's very personal. It's almost it's very rock. It's almost grungy in a sense, but it's it's uh, it's fantastic. She has this great uh, band and this great band leader, and uh, I'm excited to hear the uh, the new one. It's called Shadows, and they kicked it actually they kicked the tour off there. Uh, and I thought the record was supposed to come out in October. Uh, the single did. There was a single that, that came out, but uh, but the album has yet to um, uh, to surface. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that in 2022, which kind of is also the theme of this show as we look back on 2021 while still looking forward ahead to 2022. Um, I also mentioned about you know hopefully having the film uh, the King's X thing that we're going to be doing uh, premiering there in Greenville uh, will be part of the Tribeca Film Festival well we were part of it this year we did it virtually uh, and had a, saw a lot of great films that, that come through there that, that debuted and did some great interviews um, <clears throat> uh, there's a great film called All the Streets Are Silent and uh, it's about the history of New York and skateboarding between 87 and 97, which launched the Supreme brand and all that Harmony Corinne, uh, kids type kind of culture. Uh, Rosario Dawson's in it. We interviewed the, the director and the producer, which is currently on our um in two formats, you can see it, of course, on Tricky Kid Radio, or hear it on Tricky Kid Radio exclusively. There's some exclusive audio there, and then there's some stuff that's exclusive to the video version of our Zoom chat, which, of course, is on our YouTube channel at Tricky Kid TV. Um, so that's how we kicked it off the uh, the summer and week, and now that the weather was warm, and we felt like we needed a second swing at the, uh, at the camping deal. So my wife and I decided to leave the kids at home this time. Maybe they're not quite ready for it, but maybe maybe next year, or I, I should say this year, 2022. Uh, again, looking forward ahead to maybe maybe trying that again. Uh, but it was for this time. It was for our um, our second anniversary. And my wife went to school in Colorado, and she has a very uh, affinity and a, and a deepness to that to that part of the country, that part of the world. So, and I'd never been so. I'd been through uh, Colorado, particularly Denver, on t on uh, on tour, uh, but we went out to Durango, outside right outside of Durango, to this amazing spot. I could talk all day about that and and how there was just we had such a, a wonderful, great time. My wife loves that stuff so much, and she has all the gadgets and all the toys, and she never gets to play with them. So it was neat to be able to do that and get that all that set up and have a proper uh, camping trip. Uh, and then, uh, let's see here, and also in the world, let's see, we're, we're going across all of our podcasts here, and then we got to meet the great Kelly Kelly, uh, remember from WWE, her name, of course, she went, her name is Barbie Blank, but she wrestled as Kelly Kelly in WWE and was one of the most, more popular and one of the most gorgeous women that you will ever see in your life, uh, and speaking of which, uh, again, looking back, uh, looking ahead, they just announced, of course, my favorite wrestling event of the year, of course, is the Royal Rumble. And I love it so much that I don't know why it took them so long to have two. Because when you, you wait the whole show for the actual Rumble match, and when the Rumble match is over, you're like, oh, my God, I have to wait a whole year. It's so great. We get two of them now. 
and I'm mostly interested in the women's wrestling anyway. So it's so great to see that. And they announced, uh, you know, she's done since they've been doing it. I think Kelly Kelly has been a part of all of them. She's kind of like the one return you can kind of count on. So it's so I, I, the charm of the Royal Rumble, of course, is the surprises. So I don't know why they they, they gave away already. They announced some of the returns. I'm not going to give it away because I if you haven't heard, let it be a surprise. But uh, other than the fact that of course that Kelly Kelly uh, is is a part of it, and but that's not too much of a surprise. That's kind of expected because she's still very youthful and uh, very fit and. She she could go uh, and have a whole another run in that company if she so desired. So the Rumble's January 29th in St. Louis this year, and uh, we will be having uh, live coverage there as part of our uh, This Is Wrestling, Tricky Kid Radio, This Is Wrestling, uh, on all your podcast platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And today we are now part of uh, Player.fm. Uh, and of course, in the Google Play Store, and you know everywhere else, you get you get your stuff. At the Apple uh, iHeart Radio course is where we originate from, and all that. Okay, uh, so, but unfortunately, we were uh, dealt a, a, a massive, massive blow uh, in the world of hip hop. Uh, my, as much as I love and grew up with Run DMC, and of course, in Public Enemy, and and, and those guys. Uh, in the late 19, I guess mid to late 1990s, uh, I got ex- turned on to a group, uh, to a group called Black Alicious, and they're part of uh, this amazing collective there in the Bay Area because they all went to, to kind of school there in Davis, California. This is where uh, you know DJ Shadow comes f- f- from that, and God, so many, so many of them, you know, the Soul Sides and you know Lyrics Born. And Latif, the truth speaker, and Latirix, and this is just this great movement that happened, and it it literally changed my life. It, it changed everything that I I knew and felt in uh, about hip hop, and I should say change it, just built upon it. And, and when I landed on that, and of course, you guys, they, they never quite got that recognition. Years, years later, uh, Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, you might have seen this, where he did. Uh, the main dude, Gift of Gab, uh, Timothy Parker, uh, was just such a, a wordsmith and a, an MC, and and everything was just very spiritually informed and and uh, scientifically informed, and you know, I mean, everything was just very, it was a very cerebral, intelligent. Um, piece of works that he did and for fun he did this thing called a uh, a to g there's actually two versions of it where he just goes from a to g and then there's one where he goes all the way from a to z and even the a to g in the a to z is different than the one from a to g so he he actually doubled up on it anyway and daniel red and it just gets faster and faster and faster where he's only using uh, words that have that letter in it, you know, like he'll do like 12 words with letter A, then B, and so on until he gets to Z and gets faster and faster. Anyway, Daniel Radcliffe performed this like 20 years or something after the album Nia came out in 1998 that has that on it. Uh, but uh, they have meant so much to me. I'm, I am right now, I'm looking at my phone that has my Blazing Arrow Black Alicious uh, phone case. Uh, rest in peace to Timothy Parker, the gift of gab. Um, we did again, this is, a, will be a plug for another one of the podcasts, but still, but I'm going to play you a song here though. Uh, we did a tribute, uh, to, to, to the gift of gab, Timothy Parker. 
Uh, Fortunately, he passed away um, again on June 25th. He'd had some big health problems. He was always kind of a large guy, and I think he eventually, I don't know if it was was some some sort of kidney or liver failure. I know he was having to get a transplant. And unfortunately, uh, he succumbed to it. But during all of this, he still released a, a record last year, which is one of his best as a solo. He still put out a lot of solo records. And just the title of it brings a tear to my eye, especially knowing knowing what was going on and what eventually happened. And the album is called Finding Inspiration Somehow. And I would like to play you a song from that right now. That no matter what you're going through or what kind of year you had in 2021, if you're hearing this, you get to have a 2022. And Tim Parker does not. And and he still was searching and was motivated to stay positive, to find inspiration somehow. And I hope that you'll do the same. And if this show could be a part of that, that makes me, that's that's our whole thing, man. So check out this. Uh, the song is called You're Gonna Make It to the End. And uh, gosh, how how fitting and how perfect is that? And this is just one part. I want to play you the whole song here. But uh, we did a full tribute. I did a full tribute as my alter ego DJ Tricky Kid. Uh, and you can hear that as part of, if you are not already subscribing to uh, DJ Tricky Kid in the mix. And that is on iHeartRadio exclusively. It is not on Spotify. Uh, it's Then it's available the next day on every other platform except for Spotify. Um, <clears throat> it's called The Fallen Heroes of Hip Hop 2021 because we lost so many. Unfortunately, it just kept happening uh, in 2021. We lost so, so many. Uh, I did the, uh, a scratch routine and the tribute live via our, uh, my Twitch channel, which is uh, twitch.tv slash DJ Tricky Kid, and it's still up right now, and it will be up for for the duration. If you'd like to actually see what I what I was doing and, and, and saying and things like that, and we, we pay a tribute to, to quite a few there. Um, and again, like I said, there's exclusive audio on DJ Tricky Kid in the mix. Look for Fallen Heroes of Hip Hop 2021. You go make it. In the end, from the final album from Gift of Gab, from the album Finding Inspiration Somehow. We'll be right back. Move forward, move on, push through, live up, live long, rise up, be more, be strong, go hard, fight odds, keep going, push forth, push forward, move on, push through, live up, live long, rise up. is quick and minds expanded drift we find our path so quickly i know it ain't easy on this planet and it gets so high the full of pressure that some would abandon ship and i'm not trying to preach or judge you because i have my issues i know you were grown i won't speak to you as a kid but i could see the self-destructive pattern setting in and i wish i could intervene wondering if i could get through i know your journey's different than the path i went perhaps all you respect is street shit man and i just cannot relate to being in a gang or in the pen but i know that what's in the mind will manifest in time and as a people we are way much more than this it's time to help each other they're not planning to give no kind of 40 acres in the mute we gotta get it sometimes i wonder if i could have did more and feel guilt but nah we make our own decisions in this life we live i'll try to give you all the help and guidance i can give but it's your life you live and i still have faith within and in my heart i know that you gonna make it in the end now feel push forward move on push through live up live on rise up be more be strong go hard fight odds keep going Push through, live up, live long, rise up, be more, be strong, go hard, fight odds, keep on. She got 
YMCA It's hard to find self-love so she lost her way In cat suits and cahoots with the concierge It's love to sell in a suite where they consummate And every offer paid bigger amounts Private shows through Snapchat and Twitter accounts And the sugar daddy spin like they magic men But you can't pretend there's no tragic end Do you cast a spell as is Jazzy Bell? How can heaven hurt more than what you had in hell? She don't like her own Photoshop selfie The caption, she ready with hashtag help me She pop Molly to put the pain on cruise Life got one speed in any lane you choose She don't want this love yet, it feels too mean You got Nefertiti jeans to rebuild you queen If you can see what we see, gorgeous There ain't a camera that can capture your royal stature We here when you decide to be free You already everything you aspire to be Just hold on Push forward, move on Push through, live up, live long Rise up, be more, be strong Go hard, fight odds, keep going Push forward, push forward, move on Push through, live up, live long Rise up, be more, be strong Go hard, fight odds, keep on Man, I love you But you do some really dumb shit sometimes And though I still hug you I really wanna go upside your head sometimes I mean, lying to everyone else is one thing But lying to me, bruh, come on But what's worse is when I see you lying to yourself That's really how I know that something's wrong And everybody likes what they like Can do what they wanna do Say what they wanna say But all those actions have consequences You're gonna recognize that fact someday And when you do, I hope that I'm around to help you And tell you that everything will be okay But the truth gonna be a reckoning and every man's gotta carry his own weight so until you assume responsibility and do accountability and treat me like a friend i'll keep trying to push you to the finish line i really hope you're gonna make it in the end push forward move on push through live up live long rise up be more be strong go hard fight odds keep going push forth push forward move on push through live up live long What's up? This is the infamous serial wax killer, Beastie Boys DJ Assassin, Mix Master Mike, and you're tuned into my man DJ Tricky Kid. Don't be a clown, don't sleep. Check it out, y'all. So now, uh, in the month of July, the dog days of summer of 2021, and man, were we busy. And it was a purple month, man, because there was so much Prince-related stuff. And again, you've heard me talk about it here. If you're not already, again, please check out our podcast, Prince the Encore. Uh, on iHeartRadio and Spotify and wherever else you get your, your podcast, Just type in Prince the Encore. It'll come right up. Uh, we've had so many great guests uh, so far. We had this. We had the legendary Jill Jones on this year. Um, and I'm going to be talking all about that. But make sure you check that out. So July was a purple month, man. Um, 
let me start from the very beginning. July 1st, we go to New York City, back to New York, back to my old neighborhood for for almost two weeks uh, to do some business. I mentioned King's X earlier. Uh, so I don't want to give too much away, but this is a part of, of uh, you know, you get to listen to the show. You're a subscriber. You get to be on the end. Think about, about maybe starting a Patreon, putting some of this shit behind a paywall, but... Uh, anyway, we sat down with uh, with Paul Schaefer. Remember him from, of course, from the Dave Letterman's World's Most Dangerous Band and his guitarist, Felicia Collins. And we filmed them. Uh, famously, uh, they are King's X fans. And, we, and Felicia's the one that turned Paul Schaefer on to, to, to King's X. And whenever you'd watch David Letterman, they'd come back from break. They were always playing uh, We Were Born to Be Loved and, and a bunch of different uh, the, their songs during bumpers and stuff. So... Uh, had to have them be part of the project and, and how fortunate we were to be able to, to, to go to New York and go back to the neighborhood and, and sit down with these two huge talents. And Paul was the fucking coolest, man. He's just one of those people that just, just bursting with all the stories because he, he's played and met with everybody. He was He's a leader of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the jam they have at the end and all that. So just a great guy. Talk, told me some great James Brown stories, Prince stories all the way around. Um and then before I get to more print stuff, I finally checked off something off the list. I spent, there's nothing like, I always tell people when I lived in New York, when should I When should I come to New York? I always say, come for the 4th of July. I mean, yes, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and Christmas and all that, sure. Uh, but if you don't like cold, uh, the 4th of July, there's nothing like the 4th of July in New York. It's just the best place to be in this country for my money. On the, of course, I want to be with my family who who aren't in New York on the 4th of July because it's also kind of a family kind of deal. But I was happy to be uh, back in New York. I miss being there for the 4th of July. But all those years, I still had never made it out to Nathan's hot dog eating contest there in Coney Island. Keep in mind, Coney Island's a 90-minute you know train ride from the city. And you think, you don't realize that the damn thing starts at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So... Getting my ass all the way out to Coney Island 15 years ago uh, before 10 a.m. just wasn't in the cards. So thankfully it was this time we were invited. Was uh, me and a friend we were invited guest uh, there. Uh, not only just invited guest but invited press actually. So we were down front for it. And yes, it's a little hard to take and a little hard to watch. But man, and not to mention instead of having it outside of Nathan's, they moved it somewhat indoors into more of a controlled environment in a minor league uh, you know, baseball field. Anybody who knows me, knows this show, knows how, how my affinity. I grew up with minor league baseball in Arkansas with the, with the Travelers. Speaking of which, which will be opening day for the Frisco Rough Riders right here in Frisco, Texas, right outside of Dallas, opening day in 2022 versus the Travelers. We went to our my first Arkansas Travelers game since 1985 last year. I mean, me and my little boy Miles even got to run the bases after the game. So, looking forward to that. So, so the Brooklyn Cyclones have this gorgeous stadium right there on the beach at Coney Island. It was just amazing. I don't want to sound cynical, and I don't want to sound like a jerk and 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 somebody that knows it, but someone who has been involved with professional wrestling as a fan for 40 years and been involved with it professionally for the, the last seven. I, I got to be honest, I don't, I think it's a work. I don't, I mean, I'm not, just like in wrestling. Yes, they are really getting body slammed. They are really getting hurt. You can't take, don't take that away from those people. They're working their asses off and they're athletes and everything else. 
but it's also predetermined and it's also there's some th things there in place right i think the same thing was here uh, once again joey chestnut wins and he won by just one more hot dog than he ate last year and i'm not saying that dude didn't eat a lot of freaking hot dogs and it wasn't any more hot dogs that i could ever like 10 times the amount i could ever do but i gotta be honest i don't think that dude eight, 70, whatever, five hot dogs. He might have eaten 40 hot dogs, which is still crazy to eat 40 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. I mean, still. But the way, if you were there, and if you were there the way that I was and saw how they were shooting it for television, then you start to understand, okay, this is this is a gig. This is a gimmick. This is a, this is a TV show. They had other people out there that they had only no chance of winning, but they weren't going to get the support from the network, Joey Chestnut is their star. Even when they set up the cameras, all the cameras were directly on Joey. He's front and center. It was, and then as we were walking out there before the event even happened, he was already taking pictures with the belt. Like, kind of like wrestling, they give you the mustard belt, and uh, and not the one he had from before. I mean, as I was like, uh, what's going on? I probably should, I probably shouldn't have, uh, have been been you know able to have seen that. That was probably something I shouldn't have seen. But I got a bit. But it take it took literally nothing away from it. I, I just understand it better. Uh, George, who hosted, was in his and his daughter and his family were so kind to us and so nice. So please don't be mad at me, George. I'm not trying to take people away from your event. I I say that that also makes it even kind of like wrestling. I I would rather go see wrestling than UFC. I don't really want to see people get hurt. But regardless, it takes nothing away from it. it was such a fun special perfect day and it's just crazy how the whole thing is over with by like noon like 12 31 you're out of there right and you have the whole day but george is also a talented rapper he did this rap battle with this guy who also was uh forget his name but he, he drank like a gallon of lemonade in like two seconds and it's gluttonous and it's crazy and, and everything else but man was it fun i was so happy and so proud to be there and so pleased and i wanted to thank george and his family for having us Okay, so let's get to the print stuff for a second because, man, was it a purple month. Okay, in order, let's see. Okay, so I uh, attended the Purple Paisley Brunch this year, and the theme was around uh, my favorite Prince movie, Under the Cherry Moon. Uh, now, um, Emmanuel, who uh, is, the, who is uh, Jerome Bitten's kind of girlfriend, love interest, she hasn't done an interview in anything in, like, since the movie came out, she wasn't somebody that 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 craves fame. In fact, she rejects it and and purposefully like left the scene. And I think she's like a wine farmer or something. She's in Europe, and of course, Jerome Benton, you know, the foil for Morris Day and and the time, you know, Jerome. And uh, of course, he it plays tricky. Get it, tricky kid. Uh, uh, well, you know, opposite of Prince there in that movie. Now, I, I will be honest. I did think that they were going to show the movie. I, th I thought what I was going to um, was a uh, a screening of Under the Cherry Moon at like a body of water called Crystal, uh, like Crystal Lake, not the, not the one from, from Friday the 13th, but, you know, and Jerome Benton and Emmanuel, Emmanuel were going to be there. 
and this is takes nothing away from it, but I guess because of of COVID and things like that. But the the the, the people that, that put on that that purple paisley brunch, uh, Tanya and all of them are such a great great bunch. What I found out was was that the the Crystal Lake is actually a bar in, in Brooklyn, not far from my from my old apartment. So hey, that's cool. And they had rented out the back room, but uh, but Drum and Manuel were piped in via Zoom, and I guess it was because of of, of COVID precautions. But they had a great uh, setup with great food. They didn't actually show the movie. That part I was a little disappointed about. But all in all, it was a great night of meeting so many uh, print enthusiasts like his, and then just people from his world. Uh, Vaughn, who designed all of his stuff from that era. And again, the people who run the Paisley uh, Brunch and, and so many different people in Prince's world. And I met this guy named Cheek, uh, Sheik, sorry, thank you, who is a designer who came there dressed like Prince in the Kiss video. Uh, and Vaughn and I had had some fun. Like Vaughn even said to me, he leaned in my ear, he goes, hey man, he goes, I want to kick back for that guy because <laughs> Vaughn had designed the, uh, the thing. But Sheik is a designer of himself, and he made this amazing denim jacket that has the kind of the parade thing on the back. And they had a freaking raffle, and I won the damn thing, and I almost felt bad about it. I almost like, you know, because Tanya was gracious and introduced me as, you know, the host of iHeartRadio's Prince the Encore and all this. And then five minutes later, I win the contest. So I kind of wish I kind of had said, hey, you know what? Thank you so much. I'm so honored. But in the interest of fairness, why don't we draw another number for these great fans here in New York? Uh, but I didn't, and I don't know why, whatever. I guess it was just caught up in the moment. But I had the jacket. I brought it home to my lovely wife, who wore it uh, just a few weeks later uh, at a screening of Purple Rain, and she had never seen it. So, uh, speaking of great theaters, uh, that's how we ended the month of July. It was actually on July 31st, the Texas Theater here in Dallas in the Bishop Art District. This is where Lee Harvey Oswald was, was captured, by the way. That famous theater that he escaped to. Um, and I go there all the time. It's a total hipster. I'm not a hipster, but it's a total hip thing for hipsters and they'll have these great repertory films and they'll have drink specials that are applicable to whatever like you'll go see Hedwig and the Angry Inch with a live cast and and then they'll have drinks that have something to do with Hedwig that kind of deal or they'll show a Stanley Kubrick series or film film it's just freaking awesome they even even have live comedians and even live bands behind the screen great great thing and I've DJed there in their lobby a few times it's just a beautiful old perfect building and um Anyway, so Jocelyn had never seen Purple Rain. I couldn't believe it. And I don't know if I'd ever seen Purple Rain in the theater with a live audience. And I also don't think I've seen Purple Rain in over 20 years. It's one of those movies that I, I don't watch a lot, not because I don't love it. It's because I love it so much that I want it to remain special. And it has to have a very special reason to see it. And this was it. And we went and had such a great time. And we danced our asses off. And there's great pictures on our website at tricky-kid.com of us dancing and of Jocelyn wearing that great jacket from uh, Chic. Uh, and I wanted to give a shout out once more to, uh, again, Tanya and the group there with a the purple paisley brunch. Uh, and again, if you're not subscribing, please do Prince the Encore uh, on iHeartRadio. Um but that wasn't all, okay? That wasn't all uh, with the Prince thing. Let's see here. We, I mentioned the brunch. Okay, again, July the 11th was uh, Jill Jones's birthday. And my team and I, we put together 
this great video where I got some people in our in our Prince collectives uh, to wish her a happy birthday. And while I was in New York doing the 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 um, uh, Paul Schaefer thing, I actually went down to 77 Bleecker Street, which is a song from uh, Jill Jones's eponymous debut uh, LP called Jill Jones. But it was like a freaking monsoon down there. So when I filmed my portion of wishing her a happy birthday, I actually I did it on a green screen with the picture that I took down there. But Anyway, uh, she was so moved by this, and I, I put together some graphics and stuff, and we presented this to, this to her, uh, that I had her uh, come on uh, the show, like I said, for, for Prince the Encore. And it's in two parts where we cover uh, so her entire career. I hope you'll check that out on Prince the Encore. And then, but there is, again, a video version I've been working on since then. I, it's... You'll find out later what took so long, but it's going to be worth the wait. Uh, as I said this, I just got a text from one of my editors uh, about putting it together. So that is something to look forward to in 2022. Is that if you've already have any of you've already heard the Jill Jones Part One and Two from Prince Young Core, you have this to look forward to uh, with the video. Uh, you actually get to see Jill, and she's still gorgeous and still awesome and still rocking. Uh, and we talk about some things that we that I purposely uh, left to be exclusive for that format. Uh, okay, so let's see what else here. And while I was in New York, of course, I we we took advantage of uh, my girl D'Angela Duff, who is the biggest Prince fan I've ever met in my entire life, and and for all the right reasons. And she does it right and does it well, and she does these annual symposiums that I've been a part of. Uh, and uh, she's like this total like hot shit like professor at like NYU while doing all these different activisms and she's like the modern day Maya Angelou man she she's just this amazing force of nature of of creativity and she gets it done and she her and her husband like love Prince they were married on uh, Prince's birthday my, my wife and I were married on Prince's birthday and so we've been wanting to meet up for a while in person and we never had before and the pandemic kind of got in the way so we thought, man, we're in the same city. So I went and met D'Angela and her husband, Cam. Um, and we had uh, the, right there in the, um, excuse me, right there in the in Greenwich Village. And we had sat outside, perfect summer day, had lobster rolls and talked prints. D'Angela, I love you. Look, Please look for her under Polish Solid on Twitter. And I know she's got something marvelous cooking up uh, coming up this year in 2022. Uh, and we'll have we'll have more updates about that, of course. Again, on our show, Prince the Encore. And speaking of Jill Jones, uh, again, I participated in our Purple Avengers Twitter thread, and the one that I did actually wasn't on. They were they were doing track by track, of course, of what I mentioned before, the Jill Jones '87 self-titled debut. But they they had to include "She's Always in My Hair" the Prince track, because it's so much a, a, about. Uh, that and so we uh, so so I hope you'll check that out as well the Twitter thread uh, for Jill Jones and and everybody's entries are so great and I hope you'll check all of them out uh, and including mine of course for um, she's always in my hair and so now uh, back to the world of wrestling we'll talk about a very uh, productive trip I went down to Houston which is about five hours uh, south of here. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, it was the very, very first, uh, the week of July 20th was the first time that fans were back in attendance um, since, I think, March, I think, I, uh, of 2020. So uh, 
it was a great thing, man. They, so they had SmackDown on Friday, and then they had, and then on Sunday in Fort Worth was the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match uh, pay-per-view. And then Monday they were uh, at Raw. Monday Night Raw was in Dallas. And a great week uh, for wrestling because a few days later, AEW was in town. And Jake, I cover all this, and of course, you'll have to check out my This Is Wrestling podcast. Uh, so I won't go too deep into that. I just wanted to mention that uh, we had done that. But while we were there... Uh, there's one podcast I have not, I've, I've yet to plug, uh, so far and cause, cause we only do a few of, of those a year is we actually now have a show, uh, for Tricky Kid Radio called Tricky Kid Radio After Dark, because we do have some content on our show that I'm very, very proud of, but it's, it's not for all ages. We've covered everything from suicide awareness and to ment- you know, certain mental health things that, you know, that require trigger warnings, but we've also have had, you know. Uh, people in the world, in the adult industry, and in, uh, the worlds of, of, of burlesque, and uh, uh, we've had sex uh, therapists and sex experts, and you know things that are eighteen and up, uh, you know, and and I'm very proud of that work that we've done. But I I also realize now as a parent that you know my my children like to to listen to dad's voice when he's out of town, and they'll come to and they'll turn on my show, and then maybe. There's some some programming there that that should be they you know will need to wait to hear till later. So I, I've moved all of that over to a uh, a different show again called Tricky Kid After Dark, uh, and it's an exciting thing. It, I didn't realize by doing so it was going to open up so many different uh, ideas and, and new sponsors. I mean before I probably wasn't going to have you know maybe like a marital aid company or or even you know some type of thing like adam and eve wasn't going to be advertising on tricky kid radio but now they are and how cool is that so so i'm very proud of that so again another show to check out uh of course it's called tricky kid radio after dark and uh and and that one also has its own uh twitter feed so of the five podcasts, three of them have their own Twitter feeds. Of course, the main show, Tricky Kid Radio, which is at Tricky Kid number two. And then, of course, the wrestling is TKR Wrestling for Tricky Kid Radio Wrestling. Uh, and then the third one, of course, is for After Dark. And that's TK After Dark. So come check it out. Give me a follow. And the reason why I mentioned it was because on that trip to Houston, uh, not only uh, did I get to meet up with my friend James McFarland, who I had not seen in over 25 years, and reconnect with him, and we had such a great time. Uh, but while I was there, uh, we did this amazing shoot with, let me be clear, like, let me be absolutely clear, one of, if not the most talented cosplayers we have I've ever seen in my entire life, and hands down, one of the most charming and lovely uh just uh, irresistible uh human beings on this planet earth and gosh i would be remiss without saying if i didn't mention and i wouldn't have to just see a picture of her this is one of the most profoundly uh beautiful and attractive women you will you will ever lay eyes on i i was floored at her just beauty and and appeal and her sex appeal and that was just without even meeting her and then after i met her and she's a massive wrestling fan i'm talking about clarissa angel and uh man what a what a what a 
a bomb that hit this office with her because we did so many ended up doing so many collaborations with her in 2021 we were so happy to meet her uh clarissa we love you uh if you're listening um and i hope that you are uh so we did uh several photo shoots uh while we were in houston and she graces the cover of both volumes of my DJ uh, Tricky Kid in the Mix, another podcast, like I mentioned. Uh, I hope you're subscribing to whatever. And I, of course, I do my annual summer mix and I do it in two volumes. And she's on the cover of both of them. Uh, she also, we also, we filmed it because again, it was, uh, she does a, a, a type of lewd cosplay. So it's, uh, she does all different types, but she really excels in that area. And of course, that's going to be an 18 and up kind of deal. So that's why her, her uh, program is on our After Dark show. So I hope you'll check that out. And you can see pictures from that, from that uh, photo shoot at tricky-kid.com on our website. And you can see the video of it by going to our brand new YouTube, because I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, that, is, that is the only one that has a separate YouTube channel. Like the Prince doesn't have one, the wrestling doesn't have one. Maybe it should. I'm thinking about actually turning the wrestling into uh, its own thing, too. I'm just, I'm just learning that the wrestling thing is its own deal. And uh, people aren't going to go to Tricky Kid TV for wrestling, but they would go to This Is Wrestling for for. Uh, for wrestling. So think about doing that. But right now there's only two YouTube channels. There's the main one, Tricky Kid TV, and now there's Tricky Kid TV After Dark. And I hope you'll check out, again, Clarissa Angel. You can hear our, our um, again, um, interview there on, uh, t- again, Tricky Kid After Dark, of course, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. And then you can see the video on YouTube's uh, Tricky Kid uh, TV After Dark. And then, of course, I see, see pictures on the website at tricky-kid.com. Again, Clarissa Angel. Check her out. She is on Instagram under the craziest name. It's, it's like at Succulent Nephilim or something like that. It's She's a trip, man. But um, but I was uh, so happy to have uh, have met Clarissa, and I, and I look forward to collaborating with her again uh, in the future. She's just a, an amazing talent. And, you know, not since uh, really, I mean, there's so many talented people out there. I don't want to, to dismiss anybody, but but it was it was really not since Joni Brosis, uh, when we met her in Utah, that that really pulled us into the world of, of cosplay, where I was just became obsessed and fascinated by this whole industry and this genre. And I've met so many great ones uh, since then. That was like, gosh, like six years ago. But literally, like when like when the earth like moves, like when like when you see a piece of art or, or, or a talent that, that moves you, that's what happened when we met Clarissa Angel. So please check her out. And uh, I can't wait to work with her again. And also, while we were down there, I practically should have just moved to Houston, right? I probably did for a week. So on top of, uh, again, uh, uh, collaborating with, again, the great Clarissa Angel and and then uh, meeting up with my my man James McFarland and going to uh, the first night of SmackDown with the fans back in attendance, um, I also, it was also Record Store Day. And I mentioned King's X, of course, project. And this was a very special Record Store Day that day uh, with... Uh, <clears throat> on the 20th with uh, two special releases uh, from Skirt Records re-released 
uh, let's see, what did they do? It was Tape Head and also Manic Moonlight saw the light of day for the first time on vinyl. And of course, I had to, to be there at the great, one of the greatest record stores in the fl- fucking world, man, in Cactus Music. They just, they it's like that store that has it all. Like, whatever you've been dreaming about, they have it. And with a live stage. And so, my man, Wally Farkas, uh, he's basically the fourth member of King's X. Um, he lives in, outside of Houston, and we met up there at Cactus and did a new interview with him. And, and we actually did something pretty funny, pretty hilarious. Uh, Wally is a character beyond character. He is he's he's Monty Python rolled into like five feet of of vaudeville. He's just he's just a born entertainer, man. Anyway, uh, so we did this kind of this funny thing that. Um, I don't want to give too much about it away, but but there's a track on uh, tape head, the very last track where Wally uh, does this thing live in New York, where he like literally evacuates the room by doing his best, this Yoko Ono kind of scream kind of thing. So we kind of did a fun thing with with some of the employees there and kind of recreated it. Anyway, I filmed it and I'm going to be putting it out soon, so I hope you look forward to seeing that. Uh, like I said, it was just a busy, busy month in July. It almost seemed like almost every single day something was going on. And then again, more wrestling. How I mentioned uh, again, the AEW was in town, and so was. And then Jake Roberts did this crazy uh, spoken word thing the next day. I talk about all this, of course, on uh, our This Is Wrestling podcast. Uh, I saw Fush- Faster Pussycat twice uh, within a week of each other, and one of them was at a strip mall in Burleson. Those guys are just are just free birds, man. They just drive around and pull up to a place and play and. And uh, they got a show actually coming up here pretty soon with uh, with Tom Kiefer at Legacy Hall here in Plano. And I'll have some dates for that for you real, real soon. Um, and then uh, so one more thing I wanted to mention about the DJ thing is I actually finally got my... Talking about DJ Shadow earlier and the Gift of Gab. He recorded the the very first like hip-hop record. It's entirely made of samples. And it's a landmark in the genre called Introducing. Came out in 97, 96, I think. And he used the update. We hear people talk about the SB12. And if you're watching the Wu-Tang Clan saga on Hulu and you see that the RZA, he's got an SB12 and all that. Well, the update to that was the Akai uh, MC, MFC60. Well, the update from that, and they've updated it since then, but what, what it's called the Akai Renaissance. And I finally got one. And my big goal for 2022 is I'm finally going to launch production for my first debut record. And uh, again, it may be just something that I print up a couple copies for my friends. Maybe I'll get a deal out of it. Who knows? But it's going to be something very much in the vein of DJ Shadows introducing in terms of inspiration. Not to say that I've got that kind of talent or patience or time. But I'm going to give it a swing. And I would love to hear what your... uh, excuse me, what your resolutions and 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 goals are for 2022. So hit me up on Tricky Kid number two on Twitter or under DJ Tricky Kid under Instagram and let me know. I want to see what your goals are for 2022. All right. All right, so now we're getting into the final month of the summer of 2021. Like I said, it was busy, and August was was just as busy. We, we just put the the our foot to the pedal and just you know, kicked it in fifth gear. Uh, so much to say. Let's see here. Uh, shows uh, caught DJ, DJ ugh, can't talk today. DJ Z Trip, Atmosphere, and Cypress Hill. 
Uh, that was a lot of fun. But it was the same night as Cheap Trick at Billy Bob's. And Cypress Hill got up there and they were so stoned. They looked like zombies. I loved them to death. But that was atmosphere was also an impossible act to follow. So I was happy to know that Cheap Trick came back just a few weeks later, way out in the middle of nowhere to Forney, Texas. And the people who put on that show invited me. And they were so kind to us. And it was like a private show, man. It was literally in the... Like you would drive, you could have driven by it and not know it was there. It was just like behind like some elementary school in this field. It wasn't even a venue. It was just a field, and they just kind of set up tables and erected a stage. But it was one of the my favorite show of the summer last year. Uh, and I, of course, I love Cheap Tricks. So, so love getting getting to do that. Uh, let's see here. Of course, in August, my little boy, our little wonder, Miles, turned had his third birthday. And I mentioned before at the top of the show that I put together these. Um, every year I put together these videos that encompasses everything that I can possibly document from the previous year of their lives. Every toy they got, every toy they played with, new interests, songs, new words that they say, everything, new phrases, everything that just kind of just occupied their, 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 you know, interest and, and, and imagination. And I'm going to do at least 18 of these, I say and put it all together and so because when i grew when i i have like no pictures of me as a kid no just because it was a different time and all that and i think i said that before at the beginning of the show anyway but you can see it on our youtube channel tricky kid tv just look under miles third birthday redux uh i, I put one up uh, in time for people could see it at its birthday party but i wasn't happy with it so i, I went and tweaked it but the other one got so many uh, you know views i didn't want to take it down so anyway you can look and compare but anyway um and i'll have uh more of those coming up of course you know they, they got, got two more birthdays coming up this year with uh with danny and miles so uh, on the 13th, in the world of baseball, I mentioned Field of Dreams earlier. If you have not seen the Field of Dreams game that they did, where they actually had, they did it where they filmed Field of Dreams and had fucking Kevin Costner come out of the 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 cornfield. My gosh, that was the one of the greatest things I've ever seen done and produced, and the way they did it and how it was done. And if I if they do it again this year, I'm it's, it's on my 2022 list of things to do. I'm going. I've never been to Iowa. Never had a reason to go to Iowa. Now I do. And uh, if they do it again, which I hope they do, I'm I will definitely will be there. It was so great. And that same day, our favorite record of 2021 came out. Besides the pretty recklesses. Death by Rock and Roll was the return of quicksand, distant populations. And it's so crazy when a band that you love for 30 years puts out their best record 30 years after their first one. That's a weird and special deal. Uh, you know, they don't have very many records. They came out with two records in the 90s and literally disappeared for over 20 years. And about five years ago, came out with an album called Interiors, which was really strong and really great. But this one... It might be my favorite quicksand record, and I saw them this year do almost the entire record. Uh, and I, oh my god, welcome back, man! Quicksand, distant populations, check that out. And speaking of returns, man, my girl Debbie Gibson releases her first record in over 20 years called The Body Remembers. And I really want you guys, I want to point you now to, to our website at tricky-kid.com to look at our, we always do a, not like well, these are the top records of the year. No, these are just the records that we listen to this year. And, uh, and, and we do, we do rank them, you know, but not to say that they're the best of the year. They're just the best of what we heard. 
And and I'd love for you to check out and see where Debbie's The Body Remembers comes in. Fuck it, I'm going to give it away. It's number one because it's awesome. And I did get my Debbie Gibson 2022 calendar because I couldn't imagine spending a day of this year in 2022 without Debbie. And looking just to my left right here and seeing her gorgeous face and body still. And as the title was called, The Body
was driving in my car And I saw you came on And I had time Like the memories of the wheel I've forgotten how to feel But you took me right back I'm here with my friend Roy. He is talking all things pieces of me. This is Tiffany here. To always, always tune in to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Okay, but also in the world of rock and roll, a name that you might have heard and, and heard for some pretty crazy reasons was there's a guy named Sweet Sweet Connie uh, uh, right out of Arkansas. And she was infamously a, a, a fan of the, and a friend of the bands, especially back in the 1970s. And you might have heard... Um, was it Grand Funk? So Sweet Sweet Connie uh, had the had the whole show in Little Rock and where I'm from. And my mom was actually a schoolmate of hers. And before she got a lot of the notoriety, but she, apparently she already had some notoriety there on campus. And every time Connie's name would come up in the news, my mom would go, I knew that girl in school and my goodness. And it's always, I always enjoy that. And I, I make my mom sound like she's like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Lawrence, uh, Vicky Lawrence's character in Mom is family. My mother's not like that at all. My mother is totally, totally cool. But anyway, but rest in peace to to to, to sweet sweet Connie. Um, and uh, the thing I am so so proud of is like, like I told you before how much my favorite thing to do is to do these '80s series where we get we pick a, a year. Um, that's corresponding to an anniversary. Like, for example, in 2020, we did 1980. Last year, we did 81. And this year, we're going to get to do 1982. I talked about this in the top of the show. My favorite year ever. I can't wait to do this. Well, I decided to start uh, last year. Well, f- shit, man. Why don't we do the 90s? It's been 30 years. Are we going to, you know, how much longer are we going to wait f- to do that? It's just, it takes a lot to do one of those shows. And so sometimes it takes all year or all my extra time to do it. So doing like an 81 and a 91 proved to be very, very challenging last year, but so worth it and so rewarding. So I hope you will check this out. If you if you knew how much time and effort and meticulous research and just passion and blood, sweat, and tears I put into this, you would just do it out of obligation because it's that's, but it's also really good. So uh, we produced a three-part 1991 series uh, in August, and I hope you'll check out all three parts of that on Tricky Kid Radio, uh, where we covered 30 years of 1991, which also was a crazy year. That was the year of Metallica's Black Album and Nirvana's Nevermind and Soundgarden's Bad Motor Finger. That's just in the world of music. There's just so much that happened in 1991, and I hope you'll check that out. Um, okay, so launching ourselves now into, uh, which is, I guess, technically the fall now uh, of 2021, uh, we uh, talk about, once again, King Zex, Ty Tabor, celebrates his 60th birthday, and I put together a, a, a video very similar like I did with Jill uh, Jones uh, for Ty's 60th, uh, but there's an addendum there because that was just a video that I put together where I, I got some friends of ours, like Charlie from Anthrax and Greg Bissonette from Ringo Starr and David Lee Roth's band and, and, and his brother Matt and, and, and several other people. Uh, I got them all involved uh, to be a part of this, including every member of the Mighty Steel Panther. You got to check it out. It's on, our, it's on Tricky Kid TV. But then I took that video because Ty didn't know anything about it. And then I took it to him in Kansas City where we went to visit him in September. And I spent, we spent a week together. I hadn't seen him in two years. 
to kind of catch up. And we did some filming for the King's X movie. But while we were there, uh, very infamously, we did this very ad libby type kind of thing. And I don't give a shit what Ty says. He makes it sound like that. I mean, I wrote it, and and but we do ad lib it. But he seems to be under the impression that somehow it was when he told me to eschew uh, the structure I had in place, only then did it succeed. Well, I'm here to tell you something, Mr. Tabor. <laughs> of course, he and I uh, uh, are, it's so, we have such a special relationship because we could not be two different types of people. But something about it, man, just worked. And a lot of people were kind of freaked out by him or intimidated by him or whatever. And it's just never been the case with he and I, man. And you you would think out of all three of them, it would be like, you know, Jerry's the most affable. Doug's kind of seems to be the most, um, I don't know, just uh, life of the party kind of guy. And ties this kind of weird... Uh, seemingly cranky, and, and he is all those things, I, I assure you. But there's just something about when he and I get together, it's just we we laugh the whole time. And we were able to kind of get that on camera a couple years ago. So a lot of people have been asking, when are y'all going to make another one of those videos? Well, we did. And a part of that was me showing him that video. And we had a great, great time. And it was so great to see him and in, in, in his environment and his element there and his own studio where he gets just to go and create every day and and uh he's the one who actually gave me the idea of maybe starting a patreon because he said the patreon is what's kept him kind of afloat during all this but uh anyway so check that out not only the the, the ty Tabor birthday video but then check out the ty Tabor celebration uh video that's the that's the true sequel to the thing we did there uh to, from the one we did in pasadena a couple years ago so king's x fans check that out hope you'll hope you'll enjoy that and again, you know, a lot of bands are touring during the uh, the summertime in September. So we, I saw some, some good shows. Uh, got invited to come out to see Primus do this amazing rush thing where they did all of Farewell to Kings. We, we just heard that they're actually going to expand that tour. That's something to look forward to in 2022. If you didn't get to see it last summer, you're going to get to see it this summer. And I don't know if it's coming back through Dallas. I think it's coming as close to Oklahoma City. But I am going to see it again. Me and my wife loved it so much. We were all... We were, originally planning to go to Denver, just have a reason to go back to Denver to go camping again, right? And do it around those shows because they were doing two nights there. We thought, well, gosh, we're going to have to travel for a show. Might as well go to, to the one where we're doing two shows. That ended up not, not happening, but so I hope to, to see it this year. But also shout out to my man, Ray Lugier from Corn. Uh, he's also part of our King's X project. He's been on the show before, and he invited us to come out and uh, to see Corn. Uh, had a great time there. Uh, also, uh, our good friends in uh, in the band 311. Uh, shout out to my man Peter, who's part of their management team. And of course, uh, you guys know him as Peanut. I know him as Aaron. Uh, he's the bass player for 311, and he's uh, a great, great friend of ours. And just one of the greatest dudes, man. Just such a nice, awesome, genuine, rad, just every adjective you could think of in the world of positivity. Uh, about my friend Aaron. He's a fellow freaking beer snob, and we have a great time every time we get together. So, uh, so it just doesn't seem like summer without it, man. So, we, you know, Corn and Primus and 311, and uh, it was like the 90s all over again. <laughs> uh, as I was saying, I was like, guys, that sounds very 90s. And it was also 90s, living color, man. Um, we were supposed to go to Riot Fest, and some the fit hit the shan there, and, uh, 
and like Faith No More was supposed to be there, and also like with Mr. Bungle and Mike, Mike Patton was having some some issues and uh, put the kibosh on the whole thing. And I really hope Mike's doing well. I was so beside myself, you know, to get to see Faith No More again after all these years. One of my all time favorite bands. And Living Color was there. And what's you know, speaking of wrestling, you know, CM Punk comes out to that song. And one year at WrestleMania, when I lived in New York, like Living Color was there on stage playing it as he came out. And so I was thinking, like, you know, not that I'm some big CM Punk fan, but I knew it was going to be something special with Living Color playing that sh- that that song, uh, you know, in Chicago at Riot Fest. I was it was guaranteed he was going to be there and maybe even intro it, and he did. We weren't there, but uh, ironically, the very next day they were in Dallas. We're actually right up the road here at uh, the Colony at a place called Lava Cantina. So, so yeah, Corn, Three Eleven, Primus, and Living Color. How you like how you like that? Uh, also, uh, the Texas Frightmare Weekend, once again, pulled off an, an amazing weekend. We got to tr- chat with Tracy Lords and so many different people, and I just saw their lineup for this year, and you do not want to miss it, man. Uh, I believe it's going to be in April of this year, Texas Frightmare Weekend. In fact, let me get the date for you right now. Yes, it's April 29th through May 1st. It's for three days, three great days, right here at the, D- at the DFW airport there. There's a little hotel that they hold it in, uh, literally right there at the airport. But again, it was a big month again for the month uh, uh, for the world of professional wrestling. Uh, once again, speaking of CM Punk, man, there in Chicago, uh, they had their biggest event today. I'm going to cover all this, of course, in our podcast. You're thinking, man, golly, he's talking so much about wrestling. Well, I'm just giving you a little a little appetite, a little wet your appetite to get you to come over to the show instead of just talking so much about it. But uh, they had their biggest uh production to date was called AEW All Out and it was around the return of CM Punk so if you know anything about wrestling um, he'd been away for like seven years and it was unthinkable it was like the talking heads will get back together before he comes back to wrestling so that was what was at stake in Chicago his hometown he's one of those people that is just synonymous with his hometown very very prideful in that regard and they just pulled out this amazing event with all these crazy debuts so uh, that's all I'm going to say about that uh, for now, so you can go over to Tricky Kid, of course, This Is Wrestling, with Roy Turner, and check out the AEW All Out special episode, and I get into the whole thing, and it's probably one of my favorite episodes I've done this year across all of our podcast network, and I thank you for subscribing to one of them or all of them. Um, but uh, I, t- I spoke with Stephanie Chase. Uh, um she is the wrestling correspondent for Digital Spy. Uh, check out our interview. It's on our, our Tricky Kid TV. We also did it live as part of the, our Twitch stream, which is twitch.tv slash DJ Tricky Kid. Uh, we had, uh, this covered a lot of bases. We had uh, former adult superstar uh, Jasmine St. Clair, who was a big part of the wrestling world. And we did a hybrid of things. We talked about some things that went on the wrestling show. We talked about some things that went on the main show. We talked about some things that uh, had to go to the uh, after party, the after dark show. So we covered some bases there. Uh, we were, we've been, her and I have been trying to get together and do that forever. And she has a, a, a one woman spoken word kind of uh, autobiographical thing called a, a, a weird kind of fame. And she sent me uh, a bunch of shirts and some cool stuff. And uh, it was following out. We really wanted to do it in person, but uh, we had to kind of resort to kind of doing it um, via Zoom. But uh, we got it done, and I hope you guys will enjoy that. And um, and in the world of Prince, again, he uh, the first posthumous record, 
all, so far it's all been re-releases. The first, like, like you're hearing music for the first time was the long-shelved Welcome to America project uh, that came out, supposed to come out back out in 2010 during the whole 21 Nights kind of era in Los Angeles. To my left, I'm looking at my 21 Nights poster. It has all the ticket stubs uh, from that adventure. Uh, and so we take a deep, deep dive again with my whole Prince Collective. Part one is up now. Uh, it's got some great guests on it. And part two uh, is coming up just around the corner here in 2022. And I mentioned, of course, the Texas Frightmare Weekend. Another great thing, of course, is the Fan Expo Dallas. And, and we had a great time this year. I uh, got a chance to, to chat with Star Trek's George Takai and Rocky's Carl Weatherman, Apollo Creed. How cool is that? And they have their event, uh, their next event coming up for Fan Expo Dallas. And they just announced that uh, Jay and Silent Bob are going to be there. And they haven't done... I think they did so many cons back in the day they swore them off and they and apparently they're they're billing this as the first con in 10 years i don't think it's been 10 years but i know it's been a while they used to be regulars and, and i maybe it has been 10 years i don't know uh here are the dates it's uh june 17th to the 19th uh in downtown dallas at the k bailey hudson convention center and again the lineup is already starting to, to look totally amazing again with the announcement of kevin smith and jason muses jay and silent bob and speaking of those those types of kind of like nerdy comic-con conventions there's a great one we went to now that we're in the month of october uh this past october 23rd uh this thing called retropalooza it's in arlington texas right outside of the sports complex there with for the rangers and the cowboys and uh it was the 40th anniversary of frogger and uh, if you can believe it, so I was happy to take my kids and, and be a part of that. And, and it's always a great time. It's very small and intimate, but it's they have cosplay contests and it's just it, it's a good time. I really enjoyed it. But we kicked off October 1st with the return of Sebastian Bach. He's been trying to do his entire uh, my favorite Skid Row record and one of my top t- literally top 10 records. And that's not an exaggeration is their second record, Slave to the Grind, man. And I love that record. Me and my friend Ryan still text each other and obsess about how just how... It's the gift that keeps on giving. I love that record so much. And he played this tiny little place out in Grapevine outside of, uh, inside the Gaylord Hotel Resort there called the Glass Cactus. Not the most rock and roll place in the world and definitely not the greatest sound in the world, but he was in great form and I was just happy to be there and finally get to see it. And talk about the diversity of me and my show. Literally the next day, you could not have picked anything more different. Uh, was finally, and I only, God, and if I'd known about this, I would have been planning it for weeks. And thank God I heard about it. But I didn't hear about it until the afternoon. Was, um, I'm going to totally murder her name. I'm just going to say Nadia from Pussy Riot. She came to town. The other two girls are actually back in jail for some other type of activism thing that Russia frowned upon. But of course, the Pussy Riot girls were famously in 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 spent two years in jail just for free speech. They they sung this uh, this kind of anti uh, Vladimir Putin song in a church about ten years ago. Uh, anyway, so I'm all about them and all about their cause and all about their conviction and and literally fearlessness is so inspiring i also have to say that nadia is hands down the, the one of the hottest women you will i mean it's i don't want to i don't want to say it because i don't want to just pigeonhole her and just dis, and be dismissive like 
you know, like what, you know, would I still be interested in her activism if she wasn't absolutely totally on board with it? But her beauty also has value. And she's so goddamn sexy. And I think she knows it now too, or at least whatever. She claims it's an experiment, maybe it is, but but she's got an OnlyFans up now, and we're hoping to get her on the show pretty soon. Not Because we could talk about that for After Dark. We could talk about the activism for the main show. We could, And she's a DJ, so fuck, man. We could talk music and maybe collaborate for DJ uh, Tricky Kid in the Mix. So I also mentioned her because she is at the top of my list for people that I want to have on the Tricky Kid Podcast Network in 2022. And she came to town to do this benefit and just through a party man and when it was so so much fun so anyway so check out what she's involved in she's under i think it's just nadia riot or no it's under um t-l-o-k-n-o because her last name is like 19 letters and so she's under there i think she's under nadia under instagram but it's t-l-o-k-n-o under twitter and also also just under pussy riot so and uh <clears throat> She's really involved in a lot of stuff that, you know, when I toured with Peaches that she was involved with, uh, you know, very, very dialed into the LGBT community, which I think she actually considers herself to be a member of. I mean, for all I know, she's, I don't know, uh, I know that she was married at one time to a male and she has a child with that male. But uh, I think, I don't know, I, maybe she identifies now as, as LGBT, uh, whatever. I would love to have her on and, and discuss that. So uh anyway i'm just gonna go in order here uh literally uh the very next uh or next week uh my girl roxy astor i mentioned earlier she's she's back on the show we were talking about uh wow and the return of david mclean who was the head of gorgeous ladies of wrestling back then who brought in my favorite wrestler ever aj lee is coming back in the capacity so i mentioned all that to tell you that 2022 is shaping up to be kick-ass man because the return of wow women of wrestling with AJ Lee in some role, either on screen, commentary. God, I'd love to, love to see her back in the ring. I don't think that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, hey, if CM Punk can do it, so can his better half do it. So very excited to see what David McLean and AJ Lee and uh, and WOW have in store. And um, uh, Roxy and I are going to get back together, unfortunately, for, for sad reasons. Uh, it always seems like the first week of January, so many of our celebrities pass. And we uh, we found out that the Matilda the Hun, man, who doesn't know her, had passed away. So we're going to get together and do a, a tribute with maybe also with David McLean. And, and I can ask him also, what's up with that? Uh, what's, up with, what's up with that? What's up with the, the, the future of WOW and... and um, and AJ Lee and all that type of thing. So again, uh, something else to look forward to in 2022. Of course, that will be on our podcast. Uh, this is wrestling. Um, okay. Uh, let's see here on the 10th, David Lee Roth announced his retirement. And I mentioned at the very top of the show, how we were originally set to go to Vegas to be a part of that. And that got canceled. So I hope, because as, as it stands right now, his final show was a not a great one. Uh, uh, kind of a lackluster performance opening for Kiss in El Paso. I know my man David Lee isn't going out like that. And I beg of you, I beg Greg and Steve and Billy, please put together the eat em and smile thing. Just please do it. Just do it. Just do it. Even if you do it for one night, do it. I know you guys did it without Dave. Um not on purpose. I'm sure you would like the Dave involved at the uh, NAM a couple years ago, whenever we were there filming with Doug Pinnock. 
for King's X. And I know originally you, you were supposed to do it, and Doug Pinnock was there backstage at some Lucky Seven bowling alley. And I kid Doug that he's the one who gave it, who put the, uh, who ruined it because apparently uh, the information got leaked. And Doug loves his social media, and I saw so I tease him about it. And suddenly, like the entire city of Los Angeles just kind of descended upon this bowling alley, and they had to cancel it. So come on, man. Get it together, please. I would, I would. That would be such a full circle moment for me. My first show being the Edom and Smile Tour. And I was fortunate enough to have Greg and Steve I both on the show individually, of course, uh, talking about from my first concert series. We talk about that tour and their, and their first concerts. And Greg's a, a good friend of ours now, and we chat all the time. And as a matter of fact, Greg was just here. This is where the Greg and the Prince thing kind of come together. Uh, and also benef- uh, activism. So it all kind of rolled into one for a thing called Drum, um, sorry, uh, uh, Drumathon that took place on October 25th, just up the road here in uh, in the Colony, Texas, just north of Dallas, at this great new facil- outdoor facility called Grandscape, which is a walkable area of restaurants and all types of, of wonderful things. And it was a for it was for a breast cancer benefit, uh, and I, I I was like like beat the shit out of breast cancer or something like that. But it was awesome, and it raised a lot of money, and uh, it was so cool. Like, I, and I I I don't, I'm not sure I would even have known about it. And I was just talking with Greg. He goes, "Oh man, I meant to, meant to tell you. By the way, I'm gonna be down the road from you. You should come out." And I was like, "Oh my god!" So there's Greg up there, you know. And you could pay like if you made a donation, you could get up there and play drums with him. And he did Shy Boy and did this whole presentation and. It was awesome, but also Hannah Welton, uh, who was Prince's final drummer as part of the Third Eye Girl thing. And my my favorite release of his of, the, of his later releases, of course, is the album he did with Third Eye Girl called Plectrum Electrum. And and I didn't even know she was going to be there. So and she got up there and did some some Prince jams and stuff. So 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 like like my whole world was just right there. The world of I started out as a drummer. And so this drumming and activism and beating breast cancer and Prince and and uh, and Greg and, and I mentioned Skid Row a while ago. Even um, Phil from Skid Row, the one of their drummers, was there as part of this celebrity thing called Drumathon. And I look forward to seeing what they're going to do this year in 2022. And uh, you can bet you can count on our participation. Uh, let's see. Also in the month of October, of course, it wouldn't be October without Alice Cooper, right? Uh, we saw Alice Cooper with Ace Freely uh, returning back to the Will Rogers uh, Auditorium in Fort Worth, a, a, a room he hadn't played in in over 40 years. And I think that was also the last time he actually played Fort Worth. So I, I, I think he actually he did a show maybe with uh, headlining or opening for Kiss or something sometime in the 80s, maybe. Um, so that, that was very special to, to, to do that. Uh, let's see here. Also, uh, this great, like, total sleaze rock thing right up my alley called Starcrawler uh, came through town. And, and we uh, had their singer. Her name was actually Errol DeWild. Of course, you know uh, her parents. Uh, <clears throat> her mother, Autumn DeWild, of course, is a, a famous photographer and film director. And she uh, came out with her directorial debut, Emma, which won all these awards. And uh, her dad is uh, Aaron Sparksy from, um, of course, from from Beachwood Sparks, and uh, she and her guitar player is a guy named Henry Cash, and they're kind of part of this, like I mean, it it is the real deal, but it it, it is kind of part of this kind of Hollywood scene royalty thing. Like her her boyfriend is Danny Trejo's son, who directs their videos, and like Danny Trejo's in the video with fucking Hasselhoff and Knight Rider. And 
the guy who writes most of the songs, a guy named Henry Cash, and he's involved in all that. So it's a very nepotistic Hollywood kind of, you know, deal. And so, but don't let that turn you off because they came through town and they blew my fucking mind and they called me uh we set it up and uh and uh arrow and henry called me the next day and we talked and and chopped it up about rock and roll and the whole scene and and all that which you can hear of course on i hope you'll check out on tricky kid uh radio uh on iheart radio um there was definitely some some kind of like uh, spoiled kind of thing going on there. I mean, they were calling me from uh, like a Mercedes Sprint van. It's like, you know, fucking six figures and, and they're playing to 20 people. But, you know, it's just they're out there living their rock and roll dreams, but they just, they, they, they love it so much. You can tell it's so inspired. And then the actual presentation is not only uh, legit, it's fucking entertaining as hell. And just, and she is just so unique. I mean, she's, it's like she's impossibly tall, impossibly lanky, impossibly sexy, and just kind of that L.A., like, she's, like, hot and ferociously just, it's very fucking rock and roll, and that's right up my alley, so I was excited to have them on the show. The band's called Starcrawler, I should have mentioned that, and uh, anyway, so... We had Starcrawler uh, on, and also my man, J.J. French uh, from Twisted Sister, who's got a great new book out called Twisted Business, and I hope you'll check out both of those shows, Kid Radio, streaming now. And we ended the month of October on Halloween. Again, it wouldn't be without Ace Freely. We'll check it out. You know, uh, if you watch the video, and there's gonna you'll, you'll have to see it coming up. I mentioned a lot about my children's birthday videos that I enjoy making. Well, uh, Miles went from being super metal to jumping around to EDM and Fatboy Slim. And well, this year I have I, I meticulously turned him on to certain music at certain times. And this year I decided to turn him on to Devo, which has become his all-consuming obsession. Uh, so much so that my endlessly resourceful and, and talented wife made us all Devo, all four of us, handmade. The yellow jumpsuit, the hat, the whole bit, man. She made it all. And, you know, the course, you know, are we not men? We are Devo. When you hear my three-year-old dressed in, in a freaking energy dome and a yellow jumpsuit that his mother made him and looks at his dad, who turned him onto those records, and looks at me with conviction and says, we are Devo. It's the greatest moment of your life. And so we got to go out on Halloween, all four of us. Uh, dressed as Devo, man. It was the best Halloween yet, by by far. And we have pictures of that, of course, across our social media accounts and things like that. And I hope you'll enjoy that. What did you guys go for Halloween in 2021? What are you going to go for 2022? How are we going to top that, man? Like, we got our works cut out for us, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we're up for the challenge. You'll just have to wait and see. All right, rolling into the final two months of 2021 uh after what an incredible halloween we like i said we are devo we were devo and hope you'll check out the pictures that we have at our website at tricky-kid.com uh what a good time how are we going to top that this year man give me some ideas hit me up on twitter under twitter uh, under tricky kid and the number two um okay so how do we kick off november oh the only way that we know how to do baby um and that's by going to see the mighty rolling stones now 
Uh, I could talk for an entire episode about this because there's a lot to unpack here, but I'm going to try to do my best to be brief. Let me say this. I've had some very unfortunate luck when it comes to the Stones. Uh, When it comes to the Stones, uh, I love them. When it comes to the Beatles and the Stones, I'm a Stones guy. I love, love the Beatles, and I've been talking a lot about, uh, and I will talk even more uh, about this month in November about uh, Peter Jackson's in just fucking incredible documentary about a documentary with the Beatles get back. I can't wait to get to that. But uh, historically, I'm a Stones guy. And historically, I always try to take my mom. Now, I'm not going to bum you out with a really bad story. But just know this. Uh, the first time I tried to take my mom to see the Stones, and I say tried, was... Uh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I got my, my Omen Gang three philosophers. It's so yummy. Okay, uh, was I tried to take my mom to see the Stones uh, almost 20 years ago when the SARS epidemic uh, had had wound down. Speaking of pandemic then, pandemic now. And to kind of let, you know, Canada know that tourism was back, they had this big benefit concert. And it was this huge thing where it was like the Stones by themselves would, would have been enough and would have drawn, you know, six figures. But they also added Rush ACDC and the Guess Who, and I think also oddly, Justin Timberlake and the Flaming Lips were there, and and so I worked for the airline. I had tickets anyway. I'm not gonna. Get, it's a total bummer, but let's just say we didn't make it to the show and it sucked. Uh, fast forward about six years ago, maybe longer. I want to say maybe God, more like eight years ago. They finally came back to uh, well, they came to Dallas for their No Filter tour, and we went. At AT&T Stadium, but it was like one of those things where I could only afford like the cheapest seats that were a zip code away. I mean, like I by the time the the sound traveled to our seats, it sounded like this. And I made my poor mom climb all the way to the top of that thing. I'm 70 years old. So I was aimed to do it right. And if you understand something, not only do I have the Charlie Brown complex, but I inherited it from her. If something can go wrong when it comes to us, it will. And so anyway, uh, she doesn't know this. Uh, and so if you're listening, I had symptoms, like intense symptoms, uh, that I had just woken up with that I didn't realize till later was actually the coronavirus because I'd already had been you know, vaccinated. I thought I was just, you know, I just had like, you know, the flu or, or something. And I was just so bummed. I was like, oh, I can't be sick today. And we've had these tickets for a while. You know, the show got postponed by like a couple of years again, but it's part of the bad luck. So I was bound and determined. And it's so funny because like I tried to take her to see, oh, I took her to see Bob Seger about 10 years ago. It was a great, great show actually seven years ago and I had just returned from Park City, Utah with like altitude sickness. Like the and I and I hid it from her the entire show. She had no idea. And after the show I almost had to make her take me to the hospital. I mean that that's how bad I was. So here we are, we finally are here. My mom comes out. We've been planning this and just to get my mom to travel just a mile outside of her comfort zone is a is a massive undertaking. So maybe only the Stones would get her to do it. So she comes out, we go, and of course it is. She was going to come see the kids swim first, and we went out to dinner, and then we went to the show. And of course, uh, the swimming. I'm uh, sorry, the, the it was pouring down, raining, and suddenly it was cold. 
and we were hearing about these nightmare traffic jams. The show was them returning to the Cotton Bowl after, I think the last time they played the Cotton Bowl was sometime in the 90s for, well, I guess that would have been either like Voodoo Lounge or something, right? You know? So it was exciting that it was going to be there. You know, there was something, there's a lot of history there. The first time they ever played there, uh, played Texas, was at the Cotton Bowl, and they've had they've had a lot of history there. So that was kind of cool. And I can't say I've ever actually been inside the Cotton Bowl. I've been to the State Fair a million times, but I don't think I've ever actually made it inside those hallowed grounds before. So as old of a building as it is, I was looking forward to it. But I was we were hearing because of the weather and so many people that there was a major traffic issue. And then check this shit out. You know those fucking nuts that do the whole QAnon bullshit thing? Well, you probably have already, I've already heard this. But, you know, some guy smelt an opportunity to make some money. And he somehow convinced these idiots <laughs> that, you know, JFK and JFK Jr. were going to, you know, return, you know, from the dead uh, where he was shot. Uh, and not to mention that, uh, but he was also going to join Donald Trump, uh, and they're going to take uh, the presidency back. So, you know, the the likely of this happening, you know, you know, of course it's going to happen. And, of course, when it didn't, uh, the guy had to change his tune and say, oh, actually, JFK is, we were a special guest tonight at the Rolling Stones. The opening act is, isn't, is uh, you know, Grace Potter or whatever it was. Uh, it was, uh, actually, it was the return of JFK. Uh, and that, of course, didn't happen. Uh, but it, but it did add to the insanity. Uh, we can laugh about it now, but we ended up having to park pretty far away, which actually ended up paying dividends. But once we got actually got, I mean, just just getting into the venue. My mother is seventy eight years old, so just getting into the venue in the cold and rain and the long walk that's that's a, that's a big deal. And they did this whole detour thing where you had to walk two miles just to get in, and we right we get in right when they're starting. Now, I'll say two things. I was very, very pleased with how this went. One, we were right there by the stage. We could see and hear and enjoy. And it was under covered area. So we didn't have to worry about, about the rain because you know, the Cotton Bowl is, is an open, open area. I was like, oh, fuck. But I did see footage, professional shot footage of that tour after and realized that we actually did miss out on quite a bit. And what we missed out on was the fact is that, yes, we could see the band, and that's all that matters. And we could hear the band, and we were dry and happy and seated and comfy and safe after 25 fucking years of trying to do this. Uh, but when I saw the presentation of the giant screens, we we weren't able to see any of that stuff. Like when they did the Charlie... Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Charlie Watts tribute. I didn't realize that they were showing some big presentation of Charlie Watts. Uh, rest in peace to my man Charlie Watts there. But man, we had a good time. Oh God, it was such it was so much fun, and they were still so good. It's just crazy after all these years. And and where we were, we could kind of get a gl glimpse of the backstage area, so that we could kind of see how that whole thing is gone, how they all left, and like different. SUVs and shit like they're dignitaries and all that. So anyway, so we kicked it off with the Stones, man. Uh, how cool uh, is that? And uh, anyway, and so just a couple days later, uh, my man Frank Bello from Anthrax gave us a ring, and we talked. Uh, had a great chat. I love Frankie to death, and I love Anthrax. And uh, his uncle Charlie, of course, is part of our King's X project, and it's uh, it's just so crazy after all these years that. 
I have such a real friendship with those guys, especially Charlie. And anyway, the reason why he was calling is he has a new book out. Actually, I guess his first book uh, called Fathers, Brothers, and Sons. And we had a great chat about it. It's on this very show you're listening to now. So check out our archives with Frank Bellow. He's been on the show before, of course. And uh, and we actually, we you know, we I recorded the Zoom chat. So it's also on our YouTube channel if you want to check that out at Tricky Kid TV. Uh, the next day, something kind of cool happened. I finally got some comics. I've always wanted to do that slabby thing, you know, where you see those comics and they're all in case and that neat, gorgeous looking case and has the official grade and the number. So I sent off some comics. I'm not sure I did it right, though. I'm, and I need some comic people out there. My man Aaron Myers walked me through it. So it is no fault of his of his if I did this wrong uh, because I, I followed his lead and, and it was the right one. What I mean is, there are some comics that I definitely want to, you know, eventually, uh, when Miles and Danica become older, be able to enjoy. And how are they going to enjoy them if they're encased? So it's kind of like, you know, naturally I was thinking, you know, I'll get GI, you know, my three most expensive GI Joes. Number one, 21 and 155. The first, the last, and the, very, the special silent issue. All autographed by Larry Hama, who wrote it. And then I thought, well, fuck, man. Like, I really want the idea of, of Miles turning that page. And holding, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's these little omnibuses and and collections that you know that I have that he could read, that, like digest. But I want him to be able to do it. But and then with with you know, so I'm thinking, well, I made an investment to his future. Well, I don't want him to sell that shit either. I want him. I I don't know. I don't know if I did it right. So I, I'm thinking that the slappy thing was cool, but I think it's only cool if you're going to flip the comic. If you're going to own the comic, I don't really see the point. But. We I digress because I've already sent off my second bat. So uh, I'll let you know when that one gets back. Um, uh, then just two days after that, uh, how cool is that? My good friends in uh, uh, band here from Dallas-Fort Worth that I grew up with called the Toadies. Uh, you might remember them. They have a uh, had a major hit in the 1990s with a song called Possum Kingdom that if you live in Texas, you still hear like it's classic rock right next to Led Zeppelin and the rest, whatever, and they had a great homecoming show that had also been postponed before with another great equally act with the Reverend Horton Heat and the mighty Nashville Pussy opened that show uh, at the Bomb Factory. Had a great time. I want to thank those guys so much for having us. And man, what a ball. I always love seeing those guys. And went on to see them again uh, uh, the last, the second to last day of the year. And I'll get to that when we get to December. Uh and then uh, the very next day, like I said, it was very, very busy. The second, the, you know, the Stones, the fourth, Frank Bellow, the fifth with the comics, the seventh with the toadies, then, and the eighth, this is pretty nuts. I had heard about a few years ago, and I've not only heard of it, I saw um, that Jack White from the White Stripes, of course, was getting in, he's from Detroit. He was getting involved with Ian Kinsler, who plays, went on to play for Detroit, but was a part of our uh, American League pennant winning team here back about 10 years ago. And they were going to start this kind of boutique, uh, I don't know, it, it didn't sound that heavy or, or epic uh, when I first heard this. And this is a long time ago. They were going to open up a some shop that was going to, they were going to manufacture boutique bats and, and gloves and, and, and just, you know, baseball material. I didn't know that Jack White was into baseball and all that. So the whole thing sounded kind of confusing and almost so confusing that it was easy to be dismissed. And then I think he had some type of exhibition uh. to announce it. Thank you, I'm a gang. 
and I was at a town where they actually did like some kind of like cool softball game or whatever, Sandlot game. And if you know anything involved with Jack White is just so cool. I mean, everything he does is just about integrity and dig and, and authenticity and originality and just the real deal. He he's the kind of guy who did the right thing with his money instead of buying, you know, a Basquiat piece of fucking art, which is you know, which is cool, but instead of, you know, buying a bunch of cars and being on MTV's cribs and all that, he is like you know, he has the world's only you know, those old photograph booths where you could record something and literally print out uh, an acetate copy of what, you know, things like that. And, you know, he's really into that thing. And I'm really into that. And it's so cool that somebody in that position with those resources is into it too. And bring it in, and that makes it accessible, uh, to others and bringing it to other people. You know, the third man record label he owns there, uh, you know, in Na has one in Detroit and in Nashville, these two stores, the storefront, but also the manufacturer, where you can go in. If you haven't been to the Nashville Third Man Records, and you gotta go when you go to Nashville, man. If my friends are going to Bonnaroo this year, make sure you stop by and check that out. And it's just cool records, and just like I said, you know, just cool shit. They even came out with their own little, you know, kind of portable record players, and he would play a plastic guitar, and and just trying to show you. You gotta see that thing called. It might get loud. He did with um, uh. Uh, what's it? What's what's his name? The Edge from U two and then a few others. It's just very cool. Uh, anyway, so I guess he's extended that same thing to baseball. So this thing called War Stick opened here in Deep Ellum, and I was like, what, what? What? Wow! Like, okay, this isn't like just like he's like you know he put some money into something. No, it is like what I'm just telling you. Like the Third Man Record Store is in Nashville, it's that, but it's baseball. It's right here in Deep Ellum. Deep Ellum has changed so much. Deep Ellum used to be a scary fucking place you didn't want to go to. Now there's Jack White's War Stick, and behind it is Gus's from Memphis's world's famous fucking fried chicken. I just had some uh, last week when I was on my way, when I was down there, and it's just, I mean, last time, the only time I've ever been to Memphis, I made a beeline to Gus's, and now it's here in Deep Ellum. How cool is that? But anyway, what was so cool is that to kick things off, and you know, like he always wants to do something kind of cool and real deal and with the people, by the people, for the people. So they had this grand opening with all these different little uh, days of activity. One of them included, uh, I, I, again, they just went to some little nondescript youth uh, field uh, owned by the Texas Rangers and had uh, a exhibition baseball game. I took Miles. Me and Miles went. Uh, and it was so cool. And he played in the game. And like it was almost like a Rangers reunion. Like Elvis Andrews um, from the Rangers, of course. Uh, he was there. Like he was like the manager of the opposing team. Uh, Kirk Gibson from the Detroit Tigers. I think he has Parkinson's, unfortunately. And this was also a benefit for that. And, and you know, and uh, I didn't bug Jack for an autograph. But I did take Miles down there so we could say hi and all that. And that was pretty cool. And the game was a lot of fun, and they played rock and roll during the innings, and it was just a very unique and very fun experience. Then I took Miles home because that night, if you can believe it, of course, inside Warstick, it only doesn't have a coffee shop and where you can see them make the bats and, the, and in a, a batting cage and all this cool shit. But down at the bottom is a fucking speakeasy that's straight out of a Stanley Kubrick film, which is also set up for like a concert venue if he wanted it to be. He's not going to be booking bands and shit. It's a little tiny little spot. And he put on a fucking concert, and thank God we got invited to go. 
And I've got pictures of that and everything else, of course, on our website at tricky-kid.com. Thank you again to Jack White and Ian um, and the whole war stick team for having us uh god what what a fucking memory that was and how cool that we got to be a part of that i'm a massive fan of, of the music and, and and again the show's about looking ahead to 2022 that dude's got not one but two records coming out this year and a tour already booked make sure you look for that uh jackwhite.com all right now so okay let's keep rocking in november man because uh wow just five days later uh my man phil anselmo from pantera who's also part of our king's x project uh he performed in dallas for the first time since pantera parted over 20 years ago i was a little nervous for him i didn't know how that was gonna go i know there's still some 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 ill will towards him unfortunately excuse me thank you i'm a gang and then the and then the venue the gas monkey bar and grill which is now called amplified live or whatever the fuck they got going on over there and um that venue is not um i don't know i don't want to say this but it's like you know if somebody wanted to cause some problems that would be like the ideal fucking venue for that and that's and, that, and that's sad to say that i don't want to plant any ideas in anybody's head there by saying that and i sh- i shouldn't even be offering that suggestion i'm just expressing that my concern because i really wanted to see the show but i was like man and it seemed like a too small of a venue because the place apparently only holds you know four or five hundred people and i was thinking surely fill in selmo is a bigger draw i mean this is the this is the 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 the, the meat of it this is the the mecca for it's where pantera comes from so what's going to happen there well, I had to find out, and I did. And what I found out was that um, everything went well. He was beloved, and that was the most packed and a fucking fire hazard if you've ever seen one. You've got to see this online. It was frightening. It was fucking frightening how packed this was. And I was thinking, like, and I don't know why I didn't think about it. I don't know why. And, top, and I mean, just like illegally packed. Like I mentioned before, this place holds about four or 500 people. Dude, they crammed over a thousand people in this place and then they turned away another 1000 this this thing was out of control because you don't realize that at least i don't realize because i grew up with this stuff i don't realize that there's this not there's several probably generations since you know panther hasn't played in over 20 years so all those people it's just weird when people go oh my god dude you saw pantera like how i would might have said dude you saw led zeppelin and it shows you how fucking old i am right anyway and uh and phil comes out man he was in a great mood he even declared he was in a great mood he was like i've been a great i've been a, he says it in the most like tough guy way he's like yeah yeah man we're gonna have a good time tonight man i i've been in shit man i've been in a good mood all day it sounds like it doesn't you know but i love it when he goes sing this shit man like just do it and they started with a new level, and oh my god, it was like a bomb drop. You gotta go online, just type in Phil Anselmo, uh, whatever, um, what is it, uh, no, November 13th, Dallas, Texas. Uh, it was crazy, uh, and very uncomfortable. And thankfully, uh, his uh, assistant, who was instrumental in, in including him in our film, had a little roped off area once I made it there. And boy, I was I was happy for it. But uh, 
anyway, good times. And then I went right back to that same venue the next night for the, my favorite hip-hop show of the year and maybe of the last several years and for my favorite hip-hop uh, record this year. Please check out our our top 25 albums of, of 2021 at tricky-kid.com. Just check it out, Google it, do it, and look at our playlist uh, on Spotify. Because there's this really cool thing called Zarface. And what it is, it's it's Esos and this other dude, I can't remember his name, with Inspect Deck from the Wu-Tang Clan. And they even did a, a joint record with MF Doom. Again, rest in peace, MF Doom. Hope you've checked out our Fallen Heroes of Hip Hop on my DJ Tricky Kid in the Mix uh, thing that we did live. And I'm very proud about that. And it's just this comic book as hip hop. It's everything I love. It's records, vinyl, hip hop, comic books, cartoons. It's all that together. It's so much fun. And that show was so much, so much fun. And 11 days later, like I mentioned before, if you have not seen, you do not have to be a fan of the Beatles uh, to enjoy this. If you are a fan of, of life, of fun, of people, of humanity, it is, God, I could literally, I think I really want to do an entire episode just on this, and I just might. If I could somehow get Peter Jackson or just whatever. I've been talking to my mom for like two months about this. So let me unpack this for you just for a little bit. If you don't already know, of course, and I didn't know, I mean, I thought I knew everything, and I've always was confused because that whole ending of the Beatles was so shrouded in mystery. Like, why is... What you know, Let It Be came out after Abbey Road, but it's not considered to be the, the final record. Abbey Road is. And that weird uh, rooftop concert, I thought that happened after Abbey Road. I didn't realize it happened before. So here's the thing Lindsay uh, Leslie Hogue, whatever the fuck his name is, Orson Welles' kid, uh, he looks just like Orson Welles, made this documentary that came out in, I guess, like 7071 called Let It Be. And it was about the kind of, you know, the aborted get back sessions. And I didn't realize until I've seen this, this is actually where really the the resentment towards Yoko Ono begins. And I, and I see it now so differently. I see it now that that dude needed a villain for his film. And, and it, it is weird that she was always there and, and it's kind of a bit of a nuisance. But the other guys did not resent her as if, like how you thought that it was just you know, common knowledge that they did. They they didn't, but he conveniently left that out of the original film. Well, Peter Jackson, of course, my man from, you know, Lord of the Rings and all that, discovers there's like 70 other fucking hours of this. He's been sitting in a vault for 50 years. So he spent four years going through it and has crafted this three-part event. Uh, and it's a dedication. You got to commit yourself to it because the whole thing's almost is like seven hours long. And part three climaxes with that uh, rooftop concert, which I've understood that just that part is actually going to be available on IMAX. So I've sent part one and two to my mom when she's done. I said, hey, instead of watching part three at home, we're going to go to the IMAX theaters and you should too. Check out this thing. It is so great. If, if you're familiar with it, you don't know shit. This will fucking t- help you out. You know, you you've heard your whole life the Beatles are so great, and they're like you talk about them by their first names, like their family. But with this, you're hanging out with them. It's not like a documentary. It's just you're just a fly on the wall. It's amazing. And if you thought you know they're talented, the greatest band of all time, but then when you see like Paul McCartney go to the bathroom and come back, and then like and, and like he pulls the long and winding road like out of thin air, out of fucking ether. 
it's it's I felt my body, my soul leave my body and re-enter. Like I might have finally felt alive truly for the first time. Check this out. It is unbelievable. Okay. And speaking of unbelievable, uh, just two days after that, I did something uh, very, very cool uh, to round out uh, my my very productive and, and very fun and very awesome November with that. Okay, uh, so for our other show, This Is Wrestling, I'm going to maybe have to change the name of that because we got invited uh, to... to take part in this inaugural event called uh, from a thing called Triad Combat. And Triad, of course, being this video service, they have this thing called Trilla Fight Club. And they created this really crazy pyramid-looking ring where it was this great event where it was boxers versus MMA people. And, you know, there was people in that world that I'm not familiar with, you know, that, like, if I were to say them, if you're one of those people, you'd be like, oh, yeah, but I don't, I, I couldn't even tell you their names but like but but they put money into it nick cannon hosted it it was judged by speaking of of royalty eric b from eric b and rakim and fat joe and and the whole thing and then oh okay then they got fucking metallica to play this thing it was like a private event it wasn't it was open to the public but it was so expensive thankfully we were invited as a member of the press uh and it was at where the Rangers are playing now at Globe Life Field. So this giant indoor baseball field thing, okay? And they set up this this weird ring in the middle. They even got Michael Buffer, Mister. Uh, uh, let's get ready to rumble, guy. And you know they had like hot girls with the ring cards and dancing in the aisles and and all these celebrities involved. And there's and then and then and, 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 and at home plate, there's fucking Metallica, who did these kind of. It was kind of weird. It was like they came out and did like a two song set, and then came back and did like a three song set, and then after the whole thing, they did another full set. And nobody when you see Metallica, you know, it's no matter where you are, unless you're like in some fucking suite or watching from side stage, you're gonna be down there in the pit with them, you know, just crushed. I could have extended my arms and spun like a helicopter and not touch anyone. It was so awesome and so comfy and so great. And what was cool was that uh, a young fighter named Alexa Culp from Lee Summit, Missouri, broke a record there. First of all, she was you know the first female to you know to compete in this event, but then she kicked so much ass so quickly. And I interviewed her after. Right after, I mean, like one of those, like, where they just fought and they're all sweaty and shit. And she came over to talk to us. And that is on our This Is Wrestling podcast, which, again, I hope you're subscribing to already. Check it out on Spotify and iHeartRadio. And you can see the video with the video package we put together with Metallica on our YouTube channel. So uh, shout out to Lexa Culp. She is a champion in and outside of the ring. She is a philanthropist and an activist. She does a lot of things for foster families and foster kids. And she is just she is just awesome. She's a badass. She's gorgeous. Uh, just a good person. And uh, just amazing. It was such a privilege to be able to talk to such such a, a young uh, talent with, with so much potential. And such a good heart and such a good person. Uh, but you know what? You would think that November was over. It ain't. Check this out. Okay, so I we talked about the 1991 series that we produced. Yeah, you know, how much I, I'm I love doing those 80s series. And oh my God, talking about this year in 2022, 
I'm finally going to get to do 1982. And God damn, am I ready. And I've been talking about this this whole long four-hour episode, and it is coming your way. And But before you would get to it, I hope if you haven't already, please check out our 1991 trilogy, uh, where we cover everything from that magical year. And part three has something extra special, because I interviewed, if you can believe it, I was the only person that had the, the, the wherewithal, the only person in the fucking world that thought to call up Tommy Two-Tone on the day of the 40th anniversary of 8675309. How was I the only motherfucker to think of that? And anyway, uh, it had some mixed results. Tommy's kind of, he's older and he's kind of a dick, but we had a good time. But here's the thing. He finally revealed who Jenny was. Like in this, like that, that's supposed to be, a, that could have been some massive exclusive for some, you know, TV project. But it's, uh, we got it. I got it. The, the, the exclusive of Tommy Two-Tone telling the entire story and finally revealing who Jenny is is right here on Tricky Kid Radio. Please check it out. All three parts, one, two, and three. Go through the whole thing, man. So much 40th anniversary shit. MTV began in 81. So much began in 81. You wouldn't believe it. Make Please check that out. And we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back with the final month of that what was 2021. Thank you for joining us as we welcome special guests from every corner of pop culture and great music across every genre. Now, here's your host, Roy Turner. All right, all right, all right. Okay, tis the motherfucking season. So December, okay, my favorite time of the year, of course, the holiday season. And at the very top of this show, of course, I already walked you through what we did for New Year's Eve, but I'm going to walk you through what we did in the month of December until we got to that last day of of the year and the good time that we had on december the 10th man i we had uh laura dennis uh the bunny from aew um you know ali you know she was going by whatever probably my favorite female wrestler one of my all-time favorite wrestlers ever and of course we did that for art this is wrestling again i've been telling you for four hours if i haven't convinced you yet you gotta check it out man it's like one of those time life commercials sort of sound like but go on youtube i'm sorry excuse me go on uh iHeartRadio, apple podcast spotify sub- just type it in this is wrestling with roy turner tricky kid radios this is wrestling and we filmed that one uh and I'm glad that we did. I mean, she's so amazing. She's so charming and funny and awesome and gorgeous. And um, just, I love her so, so much. And so check out Tricky Kid TV and you can see my chat uh, with Laura Dennis, the bunny. And then just two days later, I we did it with Mark Henry. And we all did it for a big, for, in anticipation of a big event that they had here uh, in uh, Dallas, actually in Garland, just north of Dallas for their winter is coming event uh which was fantastic and if you can hear all about that entire event once again at this is wrestling with roy turner and i hope you'll check that out um now we were getting into the holiday spirit here we did a lot of things uh you know uh i you know to know me is to know speaking of wrestling you probably know that you know that mark uh sorry mick foley is a big uh excuse me it's a big christmas guy 
and I am the biggest Christmas guy. And so uh, on the 11th, uh, after last year having to skip out, we get to see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra with my man Irv Cruella. Uh, shout out to him. And then on the 20th, after a four-year absence, my mom and I finally got to do something absolutely incredible and special. Uh, and she lives in Grapevine, Texas now, which you've never been there. You have got to go there, especially if you're a Christmas person, because it is fucking Christmas capital of Texas and maybe the country and maybe the fucking world. So anyway, there's this great theater that was built back in the 40s, the year that It's a Wonderful Life came out. And since 2013 through, through uh, thank you, through 17, we went every year and we would go to this theater to see It's a Wonderful Life. And 18, I had a new baby in the house. Uh, 19, there was something for reasons she couldn't go. 20, there was a pandemic. So 2021, we finally got to go back as her now as a resident of Grapevine. And we just, I went to her house and we walked up there and just had the greatest time ever. It was just so, it was so special. And then two days later, me and my wife went to Grand Prairie to see Pentatonics. I can't believe I said that so badly. Pentatonics, who have a great new album called Evergreen, and uh, and I shot the show and and we saw them a couple of years ago. I think like three or four years ago. And again, I how much I love Christmas. I love acapella groups. I love them. I know it's a little, it's a little that, and I get that. It's a little much. It's a little, um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a little over the top, but. I, there's something about it. I just love them. I love them so much. And I tell you something right now. The show we saw four years ago was okay. It wasn't can't miss. They have they have leveled up. This show was not to be missed. I was so glad we were there uh, and so grateful uh, to their team for having us. A great Christmas thing. Check out their new album called Evergreen. Um, well, I mentioned the Beatles earlier. They even do a great cover of Paul McCartney's Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. Uh, and then, of course, we had a great, great Christmas week. And then the day after, uh, I went to, uh, we went to uh, here in Frisco at the Comerica Center. We saw this thing called Cirque Musica. And uh, and we didn't know, quite know what to expect. I mean, we're, we're so spoiled living here in Frisco that there's this like arena like within walking distance of the road here from us. And we, we saw the Harlem Globetrotters there. They're um, the minor league team for the Mavericks are right there, which is across the street from the minor league baseball team for the Frisco Rough Riders. Just, I love this town. I love living here. And uh, anyway, uh, so we got there early and we're pleasantly surprised that the opening act was this great country super like this a superstar in the making it was like i felt like we were watching like taylor swift before she was popular and famous a girl named Callie Twistleman and uh, she is good looking and talented and amazing and a great storyteller and a country gal and i think that her single is called cowboy but she was charming as hell. And I was wondering, what, what is Cirque Musica? And what we learned, basically what it is, it's kind of a greatest hits of individual touring acts. That, thank you, Omen Gang. God damn. Uh, that, like, you know, like this one act has this one little act that could probably play a much smaller venue. But, you know, 10 of those combined can play a, a building like Comerica. And... Um, 
And it was cool, man. It was like very vaudeville. Uh, they had a live band, uh, lots of, you know, like, you know, stunty type of, you know, circusy, circus leg kind of kind of style. So anyway, Circa Musica wanted to thank Fallon Reagan. Um, she uh, uh, set the whole thing up, whatever. That's another talent that you should look out for. Um, she's connected with the Dallas Stars organization. And there's some there's some connection there, I forget. But anyway, Fallon, thank you so much for uh, uh, for having us. Uh, and then two days later, like I said, I've been saying a lot, I did this thing where I really wanted to honor. Uh, we lost so many people this year in our beloved world of hip-hop. Uh, my favorite MC of all time, uh, The Gift of Gab, Tim Parker uh, from Black Alicious and golly, DMX and Shock G from Digital Underground, hum- the Humpty Hump himself. Uh, Baba Zumbi from Zumba Eye, uh, God, Bismarcky. I mean, so many people, and I just felt like I had to do something. So I that day, I went live on Twitch, and I was there all day, and I did this live mix and storytelling and and scratch routines and the whole bit. I hope you'll check it out. It's on uh, our website, of course, at tricky-kid.com, underneath DJ Tricky Kid in the Mix. But I hope you're subscribing to that podcast uh across the board it's not on spotify though but it's on everything else and uh anyway it was my honor to to honor these people that have meant so much to me in my life and and into my career and have influenced me so much and rest in peace and there was there was we 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 lost so many people i i was only able to profile eight of them uh and got eight just sounds like just a massive number but there was probably three or four times that unfortunately we couldn't get to them all but uh my love and strength uh to uh my hip-hop nation i love you Uh, everything that i do uh is for and about or has been informed by hip-hop my whole life so uh i just that was my way of just trying to do something uh to give back to that uh and then two days later i mentioned the toadies earlier they returned fine uh they, they do this cool thing. I, I think they don't want to play on New Year's Eve. They used to do a New Year's Eve show every year. And I think they were like, man, we actually want to fucking party on New Year's Eve. So they played the day before at Billy Bob's. And they didn't get to do it last year. So, And it's something that I've done uh, with them for the last 10 years. And this year was no exception. It was great to see those guys again um, and have a good time. And, and I already told you at the top of the show what we did to, to close out uh, New Year's Eve. But I'll remind you very quickly, uh, again, to my friends at Free Play in Richardson, thank you so much. Uh, to to uh, to Gail and 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 uh, God Sarah and Mike and all those guys for just giving us such a memorable and wonderful New Year's Eve. We're very 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 grateful and happy. And again, we were supposed to go see David Lee Roth in uh, in Las Vegas. And you think, well, God, well, how would you know a retro arcade and a strip club compare? Hey, fuck it, man. We had a good time. We were with good people with a confetti cannon explosion and the best beer selection I could have hoped for uh, with my lovely wife. And uh, we had a great meal beforehand and had a great time. Thank you so much for for being there for us and coming in and in the clutch there. Check out Free Play in Richardson. It's so cool, man. They had all my favorites. I fucking, uh, what do you call it? Um, Um... Mount Rushmore of Pinball and Dance Dance Revolution and Tapper and just the whole thing was cool. They even had a Betty White drink uh, already. Like Betty White had passed that day 
And that's what sucks. I know a lot of people kind of, you know, I thought of 20, when 2020 and I was like, yeah, fuck 2020. But I didn't realize that people were still kind of fuck 2021. I, I didn't realize that. Um, and so they kind of see that is like the final act of cruelty was that Betty White was poised and ready to make it to her 100th birthday. So much so that there was a film going to be coming out on her actual birthday on January the 17th when she turns 100. And thank and I have when I understand they're still going to go ahead with that and I'm glad that they that they are. What a treasure. And so I got to leave you with this. Betty White, thank you for being a friend. Thank all of you for being a friend to us and, and being a part of this show, being a part of this special episode. I hope you've really enjoyed it. I know it was a long one. I, it was a long year. We had a lot to unpack, uh, and we have so much to look forward to in 2021. Please be safe. Look out for each other. Take care of one another. Take care of yourself, and I'll see you out there. Happy New Year. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio. Created and directed by Roy Turner. Edited and mastered by Marcus Miller. Theme music by The Buck Pets. Original score by Jocelyn Hunt. Artwork by Antora Sandy. Marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.